1: Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit. With your host Ty Turner.
2: What's good? How y'all feeling this week? Hope we got some good Ws, some good wins. Um, let's see. I guess we can start uh with a, with a few things. Um, working on a project with a client. Um, nothing crazy. Just thought I'd share it. Maybe somebody can learn something from it. Working on a project with a client, and it's one of those projects that goes back and forth with the legal team. And this is why you have to have your your contract stuff set up. You gotta have your your legal stuff on point. So they got a team of lawyers looking over my contracts. And um i'm gonna be real with you i'm gonna tell you where they tried this to to slide me and i want i want you to learn from right so they're hiring me to create four training videos four short um one minute training videos right i'm charging them about eight thousand dollars for it um and the reason why you got to have a really good contract is because the client wants the raw files right one they want raw files even though we're shooting a training video they have an idea that maybe we can use one of the videos for the public side of training so it's a product that they sell that they want the public to view the training videos and they noticed that in my contract it speaks to what they can do with the licensing very important that You know, that is in the contract, which is in it's in my video production contract. Um, Why is this important, Ty? Why does it matter? Because when they start to use my internal video that I quoted them for external purposes in front of an audience and more people and maybe even to market with, you owe me some more money. So this client is paying an extra thirty five hundred dollars for raw files and the ability to use it however they please, right? Now I will hand over files. They won't be the like the super raw files. They won't be the dot, you know, R3Ds or whatever raw I shoot it in. It'll be a compressed, you know, eight bit version um, that they will have. I personally like to keep them because of legal purposes, right? Um, usually in this case they're paying extra to have the right to do whatever they want with them but sometimes people don't they'll just pay for raw files right so they can re-edit it and do whatever they want um and you know depending on how you want to do your licensing me i protect myself from people hiring me to do little stuff local stuff and then it go national and i never get paid on it there are parameters in place on things you can and can't do with the licensing that I'm providing you and and you want to make sure that you're paying attention to this because you could be leaving a lot of money on the table. Me, this is another 35. So just taking a $7,000 client, making them a $10,000 client on four short training videos. But I want to say 30%, 35% of the total cost is licensing. Had you not had that in your um, contract, they would have bought it and just assume they can do whatever we have our upsell um, for raw footage. And then we have a upsell for licensing. We have we kind of have a package where if you buy the top raw package, it comes with this license just to kind of bundle it together and make it worth the extra, you know, $3,500. Um, so the reason I wanted to share that with you is make sure that you are using contracts with your clients when you start to get more b2b clients and they have legal departments that look over it you're going to be faced with this obstacle it's not really an obstacle it's just again if you don't have a contract they're going to do whatever your contract needs to stipulate it and and that is why they are now purchasing the extra $3500 package um and usually when you have clients like this the bigger the company the more legal is going to be involved with their purchase so I got a green light from the project manager. He's saying, yes, let's do it. This is what we want. This is what we got. Cool. Now, even though I wrote a proposal for him, now I got to go back and change the proposal because the proposal needs to have his president's name on it and their lawyer's name on it and his name on it. So I got to get three signatures and proposal file from three different people to make this thing happen. And it's fine. In bigger companies, you're going to. it's going to be like that. Usually somebody the gatekeeper or project manager is going to be involved and then there's going to be one person above that. A lot of times it won't require a signature, but sometimes it do and you need to be flexible and understand that you may go back and forth with this company. You know, legal don't like how this is worded or don't like how that is worded. Like, like I'll give an example. Um, when, when, we, when they added the extra bonus or not bonus, but when they paid for the licensing fee, right, they want the contract to state Instead of it saying you will have ownership on blah 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 blah, licensing, they want the company name. So you know, let's just hypothetically say they was down with OPP and they wanted the OPP company to own the licensing and raw file blah blah blah. They just wanted that in the contract instead of you, which is fine. That's just you know that's little small stuff that certain companies want. I've worked with big companies who didn't, you know, they didn't have to have their name on it. In fact, when I work with Google, Google didn't want their name on it. They only wanted it in one place in the contract. The rest of the contract, they wanted to be referred to as the client. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were building some, I'm not gonna say top secret data centers, but they did not want to publicize the fact that they were coming to that area because it wasn't an area that they, that they advertised. Um, and they didn't want to increase, you know, they didn't want to, inc- they wanted to keep the area fairly cheap because it was a no-name city or a city that was way out in the middle of nowhere. They wanted to keep the property cheap so that their employees could relocate to the area and get a fair price. Because if you're smart and you know a bunch of Google employees come they and you know they got the bag, I'm going to buy up everything and I'm going to double the price and I'm going to flip my money and make money off real estate. Or I'm going to buy up the area and then lease it out very high because I know, you know, ten thousand hundred and sixty thousand dollar a year employees are coming to this area um you know so it's a lot of ways if you have money and in texas they got oil money they got you know deep pockets um you know some guy could have just came in and just bought up everything because it was it was a like a city that is it's a city where you gotta if you don't know the map you won't know it like, you got a triple, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to know where it's at. It's one of them cities where you, people say where they're from. They got to tell you how many miles from Dallas they are. I'm from such and such, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm 72 miles south of Dallas. Oh, okay. It's one of them cities. So, but, you know, it, so it just depends on the client that you're working with. But it's very important that you got to have your legal stuff together, right? And as you start working with bigger clients, smaller clients, they're not going to pay for licenses. They're not going, they'll just take, they'll just take a shot. They're not, they don't understand it. Bigger clients will spend a lot more. And usually depending on what I'm shooting, I'll have a higher rate for licensing. And I got some videos that we're working up, working on that we're coming out with to help, help you understand, you know, what you should be charging. And I'm going to be honest with you. The, the there's websites, there's calculators, man. The truth of the matter is this, you, you got to think about, you got to think about, honestly, what do you want to charge somebody to go national with your with your content? And you got to think about what they could be doing with it, like how much money you could be generating with them. Now, sometimes, it, you know, I'm not the type of person that's really worried about what they're going to do with it or, you know, dollar for dollar off the back end. Because if I'm eating and I'm priced right, like I, my prices aren't cheap. I price it at a point where I'm happy to do the job. I don't price it at what I think they would want to hear in order to be in their price point. My goal is to get what I want to do, what I want to do it where I'm happy and I'm whistling, all my guys are paid, you know, I'm good to go. Um, so I'm not trying to skim and pinch and nickel and dime. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not spirit airlines. I'm not going to give you a, a low price and then tat and then charge you for this bag and that bag and that seat. nah, I'm I'm more of an all inclusive but we're at a rate where we're reassuringly expensive. So I'm not hurting like that. However, I am going to add a decent amount for raw footage as you should and that license that go with it cuz you sell them raw you give them the raw footage and they don't have a license to reproduce with it. You're just shooting yourself in the foot and the client is not going to be happy about it. They're going to be absolutely um upset if they get b-roll and can't do nothing with it right they're gonna be highly upset at you not they're gonna because they're gonna feel like it's a scam now they gotta come back and pay more just sell it to them all at once hey here's the raw footage here's the licensing fee together wham bam there you go um and because a lot of people if they're gonna do it they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do it all at one time don't don't do it with the idea that they'll come back that that that's not a that's not I don't think it's great business practices. And I think it it borderlines the idea of it's, it's ethically incorrect, right? So imagine if, you know, if I sold you a car, but I ain't put no air in your tires and I, you know, now I got to sell you tires to leave, sell you air in your tires to leave, or I give you a car with no gas, but I won't let you go to, you can't go to a different gas station. You got to buy gas here. Cause it won't even start and you can't leave. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's on the border of that. So you want to be careful and like I said, when you, one of the hardest things I tell people was getting out of the idea of our pockets, right? Me living for my pocket and what I think is a lot. These companies have millions and millions and millions to spend. They don't have a problem spending it. If you can make it make sense. So it's all about being logical with what you present. Um, I'll give you an example. We charge $500 a day for a teleprompter, right? 500 a day. You want to do two days? That's a thousand. Or you can try to memorize your line. And I've had clients that, oh, we don't need a teleprompter. We good. We get there. They got cue cards. They trying to hold up next to the, what's the name? I record 30 seconds and then play it back and be like, watch. If you're okay looking off screen like this, I'm okay with it. But the teleprompter will allow you to look directly into the screen and read it. Let's do it. It's not, remember often too, a good thing about corporate video, it's not their money they spending. it. So it's going to flow a lot quicker because at the end of the day they got a problem to solve. Their goal is to solve that problem. Money is is secondary whereas when you work in B2C, money is first. Like they want photography or videography if they can get it for a good price. They're not they don't have a a, a problem that needs to be solved by any means necessary. Photography photo and video on a, on a um be the seaside is always a nice to have even at a wedding it's nice to have some people got cell phones we got pictures it's nice to have you know what i'm saying so people sp- spend more money on cake like they feel like cake is a necessity more than pictures and video even though at the end of the day the cake gonna get ate the dress won't fit the tablecloth's gonna be gone the nice little decorations you got on the wall won't be here and the only thing you will have is images and video So, and that's kind of how I would, I I used to position it. Like, that's the thing you don't want to cut corners on because a years from now it's the only thing you'll still have other than each other. And I've had times where they didn't even have that. So, um, you, you know, I'm, when you go B2B, you get rid of this idea. You get, you, you no longer are a nice to have, um, vendor. You're a must have vendor. And that, you know, puts a lot of, uh, that gives you a lot of power. If you know how to use it and you know how to make sense to a client, all you got to do is make it make sense. And to make it make sense, all you got to do is specialize in what they do so that you'll understand what they value. If you understand what they value, you can kick out 10 upsells. And often, I'm going to tell you, usually 80% of my upsells get clicked. I could send you a quote for $5,000. If I put $10,000 worth of upsells Ninety percent of the time, eighty percent of my upsells get clicked because my upsells are different based off the client and based off that niche and what we're doing. My my proposal is different. I'm sorry. So my proposal is different. It'll have different upsells for different people uh, and for different niches or different job types. Um, So and and once you start working in the industry and you know what you're going to run into over and over and over again, you'll you'll have a better idea of what those upsells should be. Um, Again, when I'm working with a corporate company that's looking to create training videos, right, an upsell is always a teleprompter because somebody because usually I'm gonna tell you this, usually whenever I'm creating training videos for a company, the person they have doing the training is not talent. Because they want to pull an engineer off the line because they feel like the engineer knows the product. So usually 90% of the time, the people that they pull are trash on video. There, are, I've I've seen people do public speeches and go and be trash on video. A teleprompter is a, is a must. If you're not charging between two fifty and five hundred a day for a teleprompter, you're missing a lot of money. Hell, you can buy a teleprompter for less than that. So it's it's very important that, and I tell people all the time: you want to make more money, you want to you want to buy more gear, buy a teleprompter. Don't buy a different lens. Don't give them. Don't offer a different look. Offer a teleprompter, offer things that makes the job easier for the client um, that you can that you can upsell. So think of, you know, people want to add, you know, I want to add a higher cinematic look so that I can charge more, make it more convenient. Have comfortable stools when people sit down to do interviews. Right. Make things more comfortable for them. Have a fold up chair that you can sit next to them and put their water on if they're talking a lot. Those are the little things that will help you um, be worth what you're asking for. It's not that you have 50 lenses. You're only going to shoot with one at a time. Use that money to do other things to make life easier for the client. Invest in services to make it easier for clients to sign and do things and get things back to you. Or invest in services so it's easier for a client to review the video footage that you have. Um, Do things like that for the client and not just talking yourself into ways to buy more gear that you will enjoy. The client don't get the difference between bokeh and non-bokeh. They they can see something's wrong with it, but they'll never look at a shot and say, we need more bokeh. They'll never look at a shot and say, hey, you know, I wish this background was, you know, whatever. They, it won't happen. It won't happen. Um, Let me see if we have any questions. All right. All right. So, you know, you want to definitely, um, you know, the little things like that will help you. And the goal here is let's, let's be real, right? We are in business. We are here to make a profit and we need to talk about the little things that will help increase your average ticket price. That's how you go from, you know, a thousand dollars a shoot to $10,000 a shoot is by understanding what, what clients in your niche are willing to spend more for, and then learning how to position it. Um, we have a face uh, enhancement uh, upsell, right? It's a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars for me to enhance your face while on screen, bro. It's a freaking free plugin on DaVinci Resolve that I use, and I make a thousand dollars extra by clicking that check mark. But guess what? You know, what I mean, people scream, Photoshop me, hey, Photoshop me, man. Hey, I know I'm going on camera. Hey, man, Photoshop me so I look good. I'm glad you said that. We have that feature right here. It'll smoothen skin, whiten teeth, you know, and do everything. Keep in mind, we're shooting in 4K. So it's going to show everything. Keep in mind that, you know, we do, we sell, uh, we have an upsell for uh, makeup, right? for For hair and makeup. And believe it or not, you know who's my number one client for hair and makeup? Bald guys. Why? Because they don't want their head to shine. As simple as that. I've had I've had hair and makeup come in and dust off bald heads, a room full of executives, and they and I was charging them anywhere between $250 and 500 dollars a pop. And they had 12, 11 people. But we offered it. So and and you know, I knew who my audience was. I know that they're using this video to market. This video is going everywhere. If, if they're talking about some national stuff, they talking about marketing with it, regional, whatever, I'm pushing hair and makeup. Because I know my cost for hair and makeup is probably about $80 a head. But I'm going to charge between $250 and $500 a head. And, you know, it's it's either it's bald guys um, or usually, you know, older ladies. Um, who are very uh you know they're 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 very conscious of their look on camera um, especially older uh, executives because they you know they are they already feel like they're in the marketplace where they got to compete with men and they want to look their best and you know it's easier to ex- to explain to ladies that you know the makeup that you do in your bathroom or while you're driving is cool but when we get ready to light you and shoot you in 4k, Anything that's not done correctly will show up, and we could go back and smooth it out and finish it, but that's an extra thousand dollars when you can pay two fifty now and get it done for real. So little things like that. Those are little things I want to share with you guys as I uh, as I'm working with the client um, that actually owes me a proposal. Any second now, they got to resign it. Um. Just had a client. Nathan said, "Just had a client we did a video for, and wanted a few, one of the few clips that weren't discussed in the original plan. They didn't want to bother with the reshoot and said that uh, they shoot it in their basement. Sent, sent me to sent it to me the footage is a seven twenty p phone video. Um, they're it with an FX six footage with Cine Lens package. Clients don't care about the best quality; they care about solving their problems. Absolutely." That is absolutely true. Um, I'm going to tell you, since COVID, the idea of quality has went down the window because you have a lot of like ESPNs and a lot of news stations are broadcasting from cell phones and iPads. Nobody's batting an eye. Nobody's caring. Don't nobody care. We care because we love it and we're looking at it like that, but the average person is not. You know, I went to go see Mission Impossible the whole time. I'm looking at the shots. And how Tom Cruise did his own stunts. And they can start with a close-up of him and and pan back as he jump off a cliff with a motorcycle into a parachute and steal him. Um, So, you know, we think like that. Um, Mina says it's going to look like trash unless the scene uh, that's intended to look like photo video. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I've mixed in iPhone footage. I've mixed in Osmo footage. I've mixed GoPro footage with A7S3s, with FS5s, with RED, Komodos, and most people don't know. Most people don't know. It's, you have to really pixel peep to know. You, you, you can watch it and not know. Just like you can watch half the TV shows you watch are, are filmed on GoPros and you have no idea. I like to watch the first 48 every time they're in the car, it's a GoPro unless it's a shot from the backseat. A majority of their shots are GoPros in the cars and they post them and mount them in the corner out of each other's view and they just let them run. So a lot of that has a lot of that comes down to your ability to, to um, color correct footage and then grade footage. Um, That's why it's so important. Um, I've had times where, you know, Client want a quick B-roll shot? Let me go grab it with my phone. Let me grab it. I've grabbed, I've grabbed a quick panning shot with my phone while we had gear, everything put up. Hey, can you get it? Sure can. I got it in 4K HDR, mixed it in. They never knew. So um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be real with you. If somebody put all their money on the table and said, I need a video shoot, I don't care what camera you shoot it with. I'm not gonna look, and 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 I had to shoot it with an iPhone. You you wouldn't be able to tell. As long as I got a microphone audio, I can shoot it with an iPhone. Positively, I can definitely shoot a majority of what I shoot with an iPhone. Wouldn't ha- I? Would love it if I could show up and have that little gear, and film clients won't know. I'll light it the same. If I got great audio, um, you know. I like to use Filmic Pro. I like to control settings. I, I can definitely do it. It wouldn't be a problem. Um, the issue right now really is clients feeling comfortable with paying you what you're asking for. And you show up with an iPhone. That's that's really what the issue is. It's not about quality. Not at all. Um, it's just not at all. Just like I'm gonna get, when you go take your car to a shop. And they, and they run your they run your codes to see what the problem is, right? You feel comfortable when they bring out that big old, let me connect this to your OBD2 and see what's up. Punch this in. Oh, we getting error 220. I got that same exact machine on my iPhone. I can plug in a wireless device to my OBD2. I can read codes, write codes, clear codes. The, whole, the same thing. I can do just about the same thing they can do with that big machine. But people wouldn't be happy if they saw that. So they like to see you struggle there's a book I read that talk about how people feel like they got the most out of their money. If they see you working, or you bust a sweat. If you come in and do it too quick, they aren't happy. And locksmiths is a is company that, uh, is a, is a niche that really, uh, learned that because they would just show up and pop pop. You know, they've been popping locks all day or they would show up and just bring you a key. If they do it too quick, clients feel gypped to pay $300 for a locksmith. And really what they're, you're paying for is them to stop what they're doing Show up at your spot in the middle of the night, um, and work on your car. You know, drive to you, work on your car. That's what you're paying three hundred dollars for. But still, even with that, if they do it too quick, you feel gypped. Dang, that's three hundred dollars. That was quick. That's why they like to work with. Oh man, this is this is good. This man, this they can pop your lock in twenty seconds. I've seen them do it. I've seen a locksmith who has something to do. Go bloop bloop, swipe here. All right, have a nice day. Before you even knew, is this the guy that's pulling up? Is this the guy? Is this him? He head nod, go over to your window and pop, pop. I've seen it happen that quick. Yeah, um, so IBM used to do that with their supercomputers. Flick one switch and charge a hundred thousand. Absolutely. As you grow in business, we, as consumers, we don't realize like we think we know business, and we don't. We're a victim of business, but we don't really know business, right? That's why people. If you really knew business, you would never take an hourly wage because you know that that business needs to make at least six times what they pay you off of you. People really think companies break even with them. People really think companies is making $20 an hour off you and giving you $15. No, they're making $600 an hour off you and giving you $12. That's just business. You should be doing the same thing with your company. It's just business. So if you understood, if you really understood the ins and outs of business, it would be hard for you to accept an hourly wage. If you knew, because a lot of times the, the hourly wage that they have in mind for your position, you're paid way below it just to keep numbers now. They may have $90,000 a year set aside for your position and and will fight you to keep you at thirty eight. So and and because they know they got room to grow they could they can give you a quarter raise every year for 50 years and still make a ton of money off you. and that's just how business works. As you dive deep into books and you start learning about business, you'll see that's how you make a profit. Labor should not be your number one expense. People are I mean it's good to have great people working for your company, but but you will never even if you're a hotel, I don't care what you do, labor is never your number one expense. Unless you, I don't, I'm trying to think of an industry where labor outweighs everything else. It's very few industries. I don't care if you got a hotel and you got 20 maids cleaning and people at the front desk. You'll probably spend more on toilet paper than you do on freaking people. And that's just, that's just how it works. Um, so let's talk about some wins and losses. Let's see who we got. Let's see who we got in this thing. They got some W's. You heard about my, uh, semi W, um, and I'll wait for a few more people to pop up here real quick with your wins and losses. I personally, um, you know, very. Sh- I'm doing a lot of training videos this time of year. Training video, up to two and a half minutes per script for videos. I I think we can shoot it in a day. The client paid for a second day. Now, um, they paid for a second day in raw files. They're looking at a little bit over ten thousand plus tags. Now the way I've been doing it lately, and it's something that I have been experimenting with that I'm not going to tell you to do yet because I'm still in the testing stage is I've been having clients opt in and pay for a second day, right? In a way where it's an insurance day. I've been, I've been using it as an upsell um, where clients can pay for a second shoot day. So just briefly, um, and, and I've been dealing with a lot of clients in this industry who have a lot of moving parts and they don't know if they can get somebody available on the date that we set so they can purchase two additional days that will be on location. If we film, we film, we don't, we don't, they're not paying me for eight hours. They're paying me for up to eight hours. I never say eight hours, two hours for, It's up to that amount. Cause if we're done, we are done, there's no refund for it. So that's something that I've been toying around with. Um, because remember how I told you, you got to be busy. You're, busy. you're always busy. You're always busy. You're always busy. Right? Since you're always busy, clients want, and you're good at what you do, and you're the subject matter expert. Now, this only works if you're the subject matter expert. This don't work if you do everything. Um, You know, b- what clients will do is they'll pay for spots on your calendar in case they need to use them. They'll pay for them. And that's fine. Um, but you can only do this when... You are the subject matter expert and you rocking, you rocking and rolling, or at least you give the appearance that you rocking and rolling. We busy. Hey man, look, we busy. I send my clients to voicemail on purpose. I tell them we got all hands on deck this time of year. We are that busy. Now we can, we we can pay for a day. We can put you aside a a backup day that you, that you can pay for. Or if not, that backup day is going to be a month away. What do you want to do? And a lot of times they want to purchase that second day. And I don't you know, it, it won't be. It won't be that much. It'll be cheaper if we don't use it. And then you get charged a full day rate if we use it. So that's something that I'm working with. I'm not really saying do it. I'm not really ready to launch it and teach it, Um, but I'm playing that. I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of playing with it. Teresa, after W's and L's, can you provide any insight on specifics to food needs, especially restaurants, chains, along with um, the likes of Olive Garden? If you had experience, what type of problems have you? Okay, let me touch on this. Let me touch on this first real quick, and then we get the wins and losses. That's a good question. Because I've worked with quite a few major chains. I've worked with um, TGI Fridays, of course. I've worked with um, with, uh, Chili's. Chili's. Um, and I've worked with them in two aspects. Um, two aspects. I've worked with the company directly and then I've worked with franchise owners. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, depending on the company, it's going to be difficult to get into because some companies have already have preferred vendors. Like I was telling you, some companies have preferred vendors depending on what it is. Training usually comes from the franchisee, um, and not, and not the franchise owner. So, it's, it can be difficult to get in because a lot of these companies are starting to have marketing um, and video production departments. In fact, I was brought in at TGI Fridays to to head their video production department so that they can stop outsourcing. Really, I'm going to be honest with you. I was brought in for photography because they kept they got tired of buying uh, stock photos that weren't exactly what they needed. Um, and then I and then I I was I was doing dual, dual knife it. I was um a b-step video and photo so so we transitioned over to both um and my experience with those companies are it's difficult to get in once you get in you got a preferred vendor you are in for life pretty much um with the franchises it's just difficult with each franchise because you don't know if they have the power to create content for their franchises now they may do on a small scale let's say for instance i've worked with a. Uh, I can't think of the name of the company, Barton or something. They, they own uh, like 300 chili restaurants. They own like three different brands, Chili's. Something else, uh, not Chick-fil-A. They own like they own like three different brands, but they'll have specific training videos because they use a payroll system that's different than Chili's corporate. So they may need help with training videos on their payroll. They may need help on how to access their health benefits on their systems i've i've done content like that before um and i'm gonna be honest with you with restaurants i did more new store openings than anything when i was with raising canes we did more new store openings traveling than anything um and you know so it just depends on what each restaurant want now it's funny because a lot of people talk about restaurants they talk about food they think about food photography but I did very little food photography and work with a ton of restaurants and I've, you know, their marketing company usually had a company that handled their food photography. So it was just difficult, but for me to get in that lane, but as far as everything else, wasn't a problem at all. Um, and I got my foot in the door with one company and people started going to other companies and they started calling. Um, so it kind of worked out, but, It's a little different mom and pop shops. You may, you're going to run into a little easier access, but a whole lot less money, a whole lot less money. You will have a better chance getting into those restaurants. If you specialize in training than if you did food, I'm just going to be real with you. Cause a lot of times, you know, you can own 10 Chick-fil-A's. You're not going to take one picture of a chicken sandwich. Like Chick-fil-A has a marketing team that has a company that they use to create their images and as a part as being a franchise owner they give you all of that information they give you all of that all of that imagery and everything as a part of your franchise fee. so you will never have to go out and create stuff for your store unless you're doing something weird that only your store offers um like you know like there's like there's mcdonald's that sell the mcrib year-round they go out and do their own separate pictures because they may run some ads, but very rarely do that happen. So usually, when you go in that niche, um, you know I would specialize in training, and then I would go after learning and development departments with these companies. If you're gonna do recruiting videos, go after um, recruiters in the companies, right? Or go after headhunters, and and you know headhunters can probably link you with HR. Um, which can help you know if you're doing recruiting videos. So I would, me personally, I, that's the the route in I like um, because it, they're gonna they're gonna have a whole lot bigger budget and training videos will change more often than food photography or food video. I'm not saying don't do it if that's your thing. Definitely do it. But I know when I was when I was filming with Fridays. Man, we had a training video for every there was new dishes every quarter. There was new drinks every quarter. Um, there were new policies every month. Um, there were new um new ads or new um I don't want to say schemes, but there were new like um marketing things they were doing every month. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like so they needed stuff all the time, like nonstop. Whereas if I was a food photographer, I probably had two jobs a year from them tops, you know, but they needed a training video on how to make this special drink that we're only selling on St. Patrick's day. this green beer. Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? So it, it'll keep you busy. Uh So that's, that's just a way I would, I, you know, when you kind of look at where the company is spending money locally, I can talk to a person that can write me a check for a training video. I can't talk to the guy that, that's in charge of food photography because he's with an agency and that agency already got their photography. You know what I'm saying? It's just difficult to get into, but not impossible. Um, so that yeah, that that I hope that answers your question a little bit. Um, Crichton, go for it, bro. You got the first W of the day. All right, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Your Bluetooth works. Hey, got it. uh first time go.
3: <laughs> Anyhow, um let's see. So the big one is, I think I got. I, I, I'll know the number for sure this weekend. Uh, somewhere like six or seven people jobs uh, in, in the in uh, the video business. Um, kind of spurring off of my uh, going to be too busy to uh, be up here very much often. Um, then uh, let's see that, that that there is the big one. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I'll, I'll know for sure this weekend. And we will see who makes it, um, and then uh, the, the 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 folks that um, getting all these people set up with. I was like, you know, I know I, I know some uh, people in other regions too, and they're like, well, snap, w- w- we could have had this other contract going then too. I was like, well, shit, you know, it's like, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I really do think a consulting, uh, uh, uh some consulting fees <laughs>
2: might be down the road. <laughs> I, I'm going to say it again. I said it last week. Do not sleep on your yep. consultant check. Here's a consultant check waiting on you. That's worth thousands.
3: That's it. That's exactly it. Um, and then, uh, I, I actually, you know, uh, so, so, so that, 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 was my, that, that was my big win. Um, got a lot of people set up with that, man. It, it was, uh, is doing is doing a dance, you know. To, to me, that that's just like I, I unfortunately I'm not getting a finder's fee or anything. It's just I know that there's openings and I know that there's people and I know that that they're not getting in that they're not making that connection. And me being in the business and you know I I, I start, started connecting people, so um, good vibes if nothing else. Um, but so. He, here, here's here's my uh, here's a question for you, Ty. Mm-hmm. So, I'm building this big old analysis for the beta client, and what my question is is, you know, like uh, w- with the beta client themselves, they're going to get everything. When I go to sell this to another business, how little should I show? Like, you know, like I want them to see enough that, that that'll entice them. It, it, do they just need like see like a table of contents? For the future customers I or mean, w- w- where do you like to cut that off?
2: Yeah, but it, it just—it depends on the product because I, r- I rather show you testimonials from my beta client. But it, it just depends. I don't need to go into full detail on how we do everything to convince you that it works. I just need to see problem. problem. These are the results. Um, and I like to give results. I like to let the beta client tell you out of his mouth what the results are. I don't want to be responsible. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could tell you my course. Mm-hmm. I could tell you my course will help you do whatever. Nobody cares. When, when y'all tell each other, hey, I, I'm on module two and, and module one helped me do X, Y, and Z. That's when it matters. It don't matter if I'm telling mm-hmm. you. I, I, you know what I'm saying? It's just people just don't. Yeah, now that, 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 that's that, why they that, got that makes perfect sense. That, that's why so many it's companies want reviews and want you to fill this out because it helps when somebody else say, this was my problem. They fixed it. Nice.
3: Yep. Good point. Good point. And with that, that, that that's what I got, Ty. So uh, you know, uh, but but definitely, you know, uh, it, you know, uh, to, to to me, I, I I really feel like that. And see, here's here's the other thing: all the people that I'm uh, helping get jobs, that that means I'm going to take people who had no experience. They're going to get some knowledge, and then when I need them, assuming there's availability and not conflicting things, you know, I'm not trying to do that then I'm gonna have better people on here because like uh me and Luke we, we we looked at uh the uh the area down here in Houston and we had a problem trying to find people who had a clue what they were doing. There are very, very few and those very, very few people were able to uh you know go up there and you know if 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 you basically have a monopoly, you know, you know, you, you get to charge whatever you want. So
2: I'm going to tell you also what you can do and what I used to do. I used to have paid training, right? So whatever your day rate is, it includes three hours of training. So, so, and that was just me because I wanted people to show up beforehand, play with some of the equipment. I don't care who you are. If you've been filming for years, if you don't have a camera I have, or you don't know how I like it done, there's going to be some training. I need you. I need you beforehand so we can put hands on equipment. And I can better explain what I'm looking for out of the equipment, what I'm looking for out of the shoot, what I expect to happen. I don't like to show up with people I've never worked for on a job. Mm-hmm. and I don't care if I'm, if I'm, you know, I, I need just we need to have some private time. I don't want to be in front of the camera in front of the client, explaining what you need to do. I, I need exactly. especially if it's my, my first time working with somebody after that, then, you know, cool. But I like to have, some time to kind of go over. Cause I got, my cases are color coded. I don't need you asking me in the middle of a shoot where the lenses are. I don't need you to ask <laughs> me in the shoot where the audio equipment, everybody, everybody who worked with me know that this color case got that, that color case got that, this color. I don't need you asking me where to put stuff back. Um, when it's time to break stuff down, I, I need you to know. And, and everything that I have is simple. I mean, it, you know, Everything is is pre- I'm, everything is pretty simple, you know. There's there's we got camera cases, we got accessory case, we got lens case, we got audio case. Period. Um, usually, I'll combine the lens and accessory case, but that's gonna be like you know rails, uh, follow focus, extra batteries. Because I'm not bringing all. I got 50 lenses. I'm not bringing all my lenses. I may bring five. <laughs> but 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 once you work with me, then you know where things go. You know where things go in my van. You know everything. So, but but you know I can explain it. I can show you in two hours. So when we get on set, we're not looking weird. Um, but I I don't want to do it on set. And, and for people who don't have time to show up and train, I'm not working with you. Period. Exactly. So exactly. That's just how I roll. I mean, and that's you know, I my neck is on the line if they screw up. If they get there and they look dumb, they're not looking at you know, Johnny camera guy three, they're looking at flash film media. And, you know, when it comes to big clients, you're going to do one or two things. You're either going to get work with once or you're going to become a preferred vendor. So that client can be worth $10,000 or that client can be worth $500,000. It depends on your ability to, um, it depends on your ability to, you know, be a client for life.
3: Good points. Good
2: points. So, All right. Thank, thank you, Ty. Oh, no problem. No problem, Eric. Bro, you up
4: next? Hi, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Um, yeah, I just want to give my thanks to you and the Flash Film community for helping me, ask uh, for my first win and my first job as in uh, my own production company. I like it was, that. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was. I don't want to say it was easy, but you made. The way you talked up thumb tech and the way that you use thumb tech, it was a lot easier than the last time I used freelancing sites. Like 15 years ago, I started as a freelance copywriter doing like $60 gigs on Elance and never wanted to go back to those days. But <laughs> yeah, thumb tech is a lot fairer, a lot simpler, and people pay more for video production than they do copywriting. So that helps.
2: So so, um, so, walk me through that W a little bit. i love to hear about it. Just You ain't got to go into all the details, but just a little bit. Yeah, no
4: problem. No, I'll, I'll go through it step by step. So I set up my uh, thumbtack account for my company a couple of months ago. I didn't really have time to do much upkeep on it because I was so busy with the nine to five, but I was able to answer some of the frequently asked questions, talk about the process, talk about the pricing, uh, talked about the importance. Um, I think you mentioned in one of your now uh, modules about how, you know, the right video production company will ask the right questions and help you see things the way that, you know, you probably didn't look and that's kind of what I want to bring to the table um I don't know I, I did link to my actual website my freestanding website I don't know how much people look at it but yeah I started getting uh direct leads um a re- regular basis so the first couple of times I got a direct lead I was like okay well I'm in I'm in the office right now I'll take care of it when I get home I'll look at it tomorrow it doesn't really work that way mm-hmm. uh, Flipping it right around, though, if you get a lead and you can answer within the first couple of hours, um, that makes all the difference. It's all about staying ready, and I think that's the uh, thumbtack culture is: if you show that you're staying ready, if you show that you can respond on time, you can get that conversation going, and then you can just start that uh, customer engagement process that you always talk about.
2: I, I tell so people, that's
4: what so that's what happened.
2: I tell people thumbtack is like yellow pages; you only use it when you have an emergency, and those people are ready to go now. You you know what I mean you can't say oh okay I'll get with you in a minute they like they 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 are in the the part of the customer buying process where they are on fire like and they need somebody to come help them so when you put them on a, like your sense of urgency is value to them it's it's val it's valuable to that to that client like, most clients eh, but that client values urgency thumbtack client but I'll let you finish go ahead.
4: Well, yeah, right. And, and it's just starting the conversation. Um, uh, then once you you know, recognize yourself as a live person, you can you know give yourself a little bit more time. But for example, this lead uh, came in last week at four o'clock. I was able to answer it at five o'clock. That started the conversation. And then you can relax. I can look at their website, the sample videos that they showed me. I can get together a game plan and then I could have a conversation with them the following afternoon. Talking about okay, I, because I had the time to digest, and it's probably still an emergency, but we started the conversation quickly. Where again, going back to the whole planning process, knowing what the process is, it was a simple. It's a simple one-minute video for a facility. It's a med spa, so it's uh, they're opening a facility in the suburbs where I live. Uh, they're just looking for open house, B-roll, and uh, an interview with the doctor. Uh, with a doctor, no problem. I. Done stuff like that before. I know how the process goes. And when you get, you know, Source video, you kind of develop that shot list for them because they want it to look the same across all their facilities. So uh, you know, you have that call, you ask the right questions, you ask what their goals are, you say, okay, we'll come up with a plan. I need time to, you know, visit the facility for a uh reference shoot of location scouting. I think that if you just reference location scouting, uh, it's a simple thing if you're a regular filmmaker, but it's a uh, a step that a lot of newbies probably take for granted and you just show that you're a lot more confident when you talk about shot lists and location scouting and content strategy. See, I'm a nine to five content mm-hmm. strategist. I am pretty much, I know how the marketing process works from the inside. So I have a sense of what these clients are looking for and the type of language and conversation they want to have from being on the other side of it. So, uh, just tap into that. It's nothing new. You keep yourself, uh, Give yourself a lot of perspective, and next thing you know, you send the proposal. It gets signed right away. You send the retainer. You get the retainer back right away, and suddenly you're in business. Yep.
2: <laughs> I like to hear that. <laughs> so thank you a lot. One, one of the things that, when it comes to locations, right, I'm gonna tell you. Let me say this real quick because it's very important. Whenever you, and, and this is something that I, I challenge you all to do because I do it and it's worked, right. As the subject matter expert, I'm not going to say challenge what the client brings into you, right? But have some input based off of your experience for the client. So, so, and I'm glad you brought that up because location scouting is something that you can. It's a it's an opportunity for you. Listen, the more you can say, had a client say, "I never thought about that," the more money you're gonna get. Let's just be real; the better the chances you are at closing the deal. The more you seem like you're worth it. If if you can make the client say, I never thought about that, the more you can make them say that, the more they relinquish control to you. Right? They, they, the more they follow your lead. Right? Location is a great place to do that because it's been times where clients are like, I want to film here. I want to. And I'm like, um, sir or ma'am, the audio there would be very difficult for. It. Damn, I never thought about that. You're right. It is next to a freeway. I never thought about that. You guys must do this a lot. We, yes, we do. Um, so I, I'm often—I'm not going to say challenging ideas, but I'm bringing like I get, this. The client that I'm working with now is a training video client, right? They want to create four training videos. They want the subject to talk in the camera, but they need—but in the future, they want them in multi-language. Okay. This works a lot better if we can shoot the subject doing the job and we add a voiceover. So later we can come back and add a Spanish voiceover and use the same footage. If we capture him talking into the camera for a different version, we're either going to have some cheesy voiceovers like a bad karate movie back in the day, some subtitles, or we're going to have to reshoot it in the future. You know what my client said? I never thought about that. Voiceovers is the way to go. Guess what I just did? I've get, I've I've given them confidence in our ability to shoot something that they that they need a shot and I just upsold them because I charge for voiceovers. And I just upsold them two other times because I can do voiceovers in multiple languages. But presenting that idea when they already had an idea that's better for what they need make them say, I you know what? Damn, that's a good idea. I never thought about that. You're right. We we just we just never thought about that. And now, as the subject matter expert, now I'm in full control. Now I'm in full control. Hey, you, you know what you also need? What? You need this, that, and the other. Dang, you right. Now my ticket just went from whatever, you know what I'm saying? My ticket just doubled, but it doubled with a client who, trusts me, I'm not just trying to add stuff on. I'm, I'm legitimately trying to make, trying to fix their problem. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not just, I'm, I'm a doctor, right? I got my white my white coat on, my stethoscope. I'm listening to their heart. I'm listening, you know what I'm saying, to them breathe. I'm making real suggestions and make them think of things they never thought about because this is my world. Now they trust me and they're going to swallow every pill I give them. I can have them leave there with two pills on Monday, three pills on Tuesday, four pills on Wednesday. automatic insulin injector on Thursday, whatever, whatever I say, do they're going to do because I'm the subject matter expert and I just proved it. Now, when they talk to you and you make them and you make them think of things they never thought about and they go talk to another videographer who talking 4k 8k and I'm so passionate about this, those guys seems dumb to him. They don't seem, they don't, they're not they, they don't add up to what you add up with. I, I never talk quality. I always talk about the problem. And because I know that if I can make you say I never thought about that two to three times, your ass is mine. And you can go talk to four other people and they never going to make you say that. In fact, you're going to bring up the questions I brought up to you to them. And they're going to have a little answer for it, but they'll it, it'll never be like the guy who brought up the question. I will always hold the highest respect out of all the videographers and photographers you spoke with. I'm probably going to also be the highest one too. I'm not going to be the cheapest. But I've proven to you why. That's why it's so important to have a niche and ask the right questions within that niche. If a client needs to teach you Why you shouldn't be doing something in that niche. You fail. If the client is teaching you. You fail. You should be teaching the client. The more expensive guys teach clients, the cheaper guys. You cheat for a reason and not a client got to walk through all of this crap to teach you. The fact that you need to be wearing non-slip shoes if you are filming in the back of a house. If you're a pro and it's all you do, you should show up in non-slip shoes. If you're used to work in the back of a house in a restaurant, you should be saying behind you to your left, you should be doing all the things the back of the house guys do, all the terminology they know. You should be using that terminology. But you can't do that if you got 20 different niches and you everywhere. If I shoot back of house training videos, I need to know how to maneuver in that environment and talk like I maneuver in that environment. I can't show up and my team got on, they don't have on non-slip shoes. And I just told you this is all we do. How? So it's so important that you become a beast at your niche so that you can have, because just the first, I didn't get to the point where I'm, my goal is to make you say, I I never thought about that in our first conversation, first 30 seconds, first between 30 seconds and, and three minutes of my conversation. My job is to either ask questions to make you say, I never thought about that, or give feedback on your idea to take it to the next level. I'm going to give you enough. Just having a conversation with me, you're going to know I know what I'm doing. In fact, not only are you going to know I know what I'm doing, but you're going to realize the other two phone calls you had before me were trash because none of them guys mentioned this. None of them guys said, hey, we're going to film by a freeway. is loud. None of them guys said that. None of them guys said, hey, um, if this training is for new hires at McDonald's, the typical age range of new hires is between 16 and 20 or whatever, maybe we should make this three-minute video 60 seconds just to keep attention, span, attention spans of younger audience audiences on this video. Damn, I never thought about that. Those are things that you should be focusing on that you're not – I'm going to be real with you. I don't, you're not going to learn. And, and you're not going to learn other places. This is just from experience. This is just from me going out every day, closing the sale today. And that was my goal was just to make people say, I, did, I never thought about that. We've never worked with somebody who specialized in this enough to ask those questions. So that's why I encourage that you guys pick a niche, love it. um, And get get dirty with it. Roll up your sleeves and get dirty with it. Um, so that you can understand, you know, how these people tick in your niche, what they think about, what they value. Cause like I said, one niche may value something another niche hates. And and the example that I love to use is is orthodontists and dentists. From a distance, they all the same, right? We you ain't if you ain't in that world, who cares? One do braces, one fix teeth, same thing, right? Same office, whatever. But they're very different. In fact, they are offended when you refer to one as the the other. They're offended when you don't know the difference between the tools that they use. They even offended if you don't know at what place you should be bringing in a hygienist for the client. Is it after the dentist and before the ortho? Or is it after ortho and after? Like, you got to know these things. If you don't know these things, you're having a conversation and, and you can't articulate the fact that you live in this industry and work in this industry, you're not a subject matter expert. You just one of the other guys. So you're, you're useless. That's why, that's why I tell you it's so important that you get that beta client. You live within that niche. You have these conversations, you understand what they value. You understand their business, you know, and you, and you get to know it so that you can have these intelligent conversations with your client people they got the money the money is never an issue they're guarded on who they give it to and it's based on conversations you telling them you're passionate and you love video don't matter no more that's that's played it's 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 a sales tactic that worked in 1998 it don't work no more everybody's passionate about creating content literally everybody 4 year old kids are passionate about creating content that your passion and love for videography and photography means nothing to a client. Stop using it as a selling point. It's, it's terrible. So, um, I want to make sure, cause I know I had jumped in, uh, while, Eric, while you were talking, I want to make sure that you want to add any more to it.
4: knew oh, you pretty much said it all. Uh, no, so uh, yeah, again, I appreciate it. The modules work. Uh, listen to them, do Thumbtack as well. You know, don't sleep on Thumbtack even if you had bad experiences with freelancing websites in the past like Fiverr and Upwork and whatever Elance calls itself. Thumbtack is a different level. It, it actually does work.
2: I love Thumbtack. Thumbtack, I did, like I said, I did six figures on Thumbtack. All on Thumbtack. I did, I did a hundred and I like 140 a year of Thumbtack. 100% Thumbtack. 100% Thumbtack. Um, Clients don't go to your website often. They, they, they stick to that profile. And I, again, I spent money in the website, half-assed my thumbtack profile, and was telling people go to my website. It wasn't happening. They were looking at thumbtack, though. Then I put the effort into creating a thumbtack page and doing it right, and stuff started growing. I also reached out to people who I didn't hear from immediately, and I thought that lead closed. I, I created a day or time on my calendar where I just reached out to old people. I had people from a year People who put in a thumbtack lead a year ago hit me up. Like, remember me? I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the caller ID and I'm entering a name in my thumbtack queue to see if I pull up a quote from them. Like, dang, John Smith. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, uh, yeah, you wanted to get. So don't sleep on the leads that you don't get. Even ask them. Have you ever, Eric, you ever ask any of them why they didn't choose you?
1: You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast.
4: Um, not directly, but I know usually at the point of failure, and I know that it's more it's kind of like as directly, but I can identify the point of failure, usually being a lack of um, relevant samples. That that that's happened to me a couple of times where somebody asks, "Do you have a sample?" And I show the closest thing that I can get at the time, and then they just ghost. So, you know, making sure to just update with good samples and portfolio pieces that speak to what they need to. That's usually been the main point of failure. But you're right; I could always just just reach out and ask why.
2: Always ask because because ask them what do they want to see. Hey, what do you want to see on a profile, on a port? Because I I started asking them questions. That's how I got to the profile, the portfolio course, two things. I started asking my clients and people I didn't during the time I was not having success. I was asking people what they wanted. And then when I went to go hire an editor and hire people for the team, the the portfolios I were getting was trash. And it was completely different than what my clients wanted from me. So I created a course on it. That's, that's literally how I got to the course being in both sides. Not having success with my portfolio, asking my clients what they wanted to see on my portfolio, and then going out to hire somebody who had to present a portfolio to me. And I was like, this is trash. All of these are trash. I'm talking about people who've been in the industry for 20 years still had trash portfolios Because nobody ever asked, what do you want to see? What what, what will make you choose me? What, What do I need to have on my portfolio that will make you choose me? And when I started asking that, my portfolio completely changed compared to what I thought a portfolio was, which is nice pictures to music. That's what everybody's doing. I thought that's what I needed to do. And it completely changed. And I made it so that it speaks directly to my clients.
4: Um, but yeah. You know, that was a thing that I was talking with my beta client about actually. And in this case, my beta client was just a coworker because I'm trying to work in the same niche as the company that I work for anyway. So it was easy. I have a friend with her, she's running the events team. She's the one who sources all of the agencies that, by the way, my company never likes, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I but no, she says that like one of the things that she looks for is um first just the basic the ability to pronounce things correctly. So uh I work in a management consulting company that has a lot of clients and life sciences and healthcare. So, the ability to like pronounce even the conference names, these industry names, the conferences that they go to that's a real sticking point for a lot of these generalist agencies when they don't know what H E O R is pronounced as or H I M S S is pronounced as. And then a logo wall. Uh, it's kind of superficial, but you know, especially in bigger companies, and it doesn't have to be well known Fortune 500 companies, but a, a nice little logo collage apparently from my data client's perspective uh, does go away uh, a long way.
2: No, nah, that's something I wouldn't have never, I, I wouldn't ever guess.
4: Yeah. She was like, I, I, I do like to look at the logo wall, um, logo collage to see, you know, who they've worked for, see if there are any of our competitors. Um, and that's a bit, that's another thing. Like, like I said, it's not fortune 500. They don't care. Management consulting companies don't care if you work directly with, you know, Pfizer or, Johnson and Johnson or anything like that. But if you work with your direct competition, if Deloitte knows that you've been working with PWC, then that wins a little bit more um credibility.
2: I I I now that you bring it up, I know for sure I got hired um by Chili's because of my work with TGI Fridays, who's a direct competitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, this is why beta client is so important. Beta I You can go wherever you want to go to learn business in the world, right? I've I've yet to see somebody say get a beta client. For me, I got tired of guessing, and I was like, I'm just gonna ask people what they gonna I'm just gonna ask people to help me be successful. Just be honest with me. And man, after that, things just took off. Like like I I was batting hundred. I was just I was unstoppable. Uh, once I have the beta client information. I cannot express to you how valuable you want to, you want to pay for, I was paying for consultants. I was doing all kinds of stuff, spend thousands on consultants. Your real consultant is your beta, your beta client, especially if you have the ability to test things and make sure things work before you go on to the next, you know, next person. So please utilize your relationships with your beta clients straight up. It is, it is your big sister that's telling you not to wear too much cologne on this date. Like, I know you like this girl, but don't wear that cologne, that you whatever you've been wearing, don't wear that. And don't wear that shirt either. That's terrible. Go put another shirt on. Go tuck it in. Like, it's literally, that's literally what it is for you. And there's a bunch of guys that know. If you got big sisters, you got a big cousin, you know they've come in clutch. And ladies, if you got a big brother, you know, he'll tell you, you're too clingy. Like, relax. He's helping you out. So that's that's literally what your beta client is. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah, keep keep us posted, Eric, on on the Thumbtack. I, I you know I think a lot of people it's a great place to start. Um, I, I tell people that Thumbtack is great. Thumbtack is a great place to catch fish before you fully know how to fish. It's not bad, but it's just you know what I'm saying. Like it's a great place to develop the skill set before you jump off and be like, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to dump enough money into my website to outrank or to rank where their website is. So it's, it's a great place to, uh, to build your brand. And like I said, I did six figures from Thumbtack. When I left my job, it was because of Thumbtack, because I was getting too much off Thumbtack. And I was the number one guy in the area. But it wasn't because I was the best. I shot better than anybody. It was just my business. It was a bunch of guys who were freelancers, and we presented ourselves as a business. That was step one just off rip i wasn't john photography i was flash film media so that alone helped me stand out um and a lot of other things that we talk about and teach here. but i think that's important um joe you got your hand up bro i would love to hear your w i'll give him a second to uh to unmute can you
5: hear me yes sir sweet um yeah, no, so let me turn my camera on. My uh, I guess my W is I figured out a niche I want to niche down in. However, I'm a little skeptical because I saw you made like a a short on YouTube about nonprofits and how they're stingy with their money. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Let
2: me ask you a question. Why 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 nonprofit?
5: Um that's a great question. Well, originally I wanted to focus on like drug and uh, rehabilitation centers. Um, And I found out most of those are nonprofits. So that's kind of how I came to my conclusion, but I wouldn't be opposed to working with just like the general idea of nonprofits I'm open to. And a lot of them have.
2: But what draws you you to that niche?
5: To the rehab and alcohol or um, that's just something that's been a problem in my family. So I felt like, that'd be like a, a good thing for me to kind of give back in a sense of, I kind of can identify who the target audience is because I feel like I am the target audience. So I felt like I I felt like I had a leg up cause I already know like what that's like. So,
2: so, uh, and this is going to be, I, I got to I'm going to be very direct with you. <laughs>
5: I'm
2: going to give you a lot of love on this question, this next question. Go ahead. What's more important being profitable or giving back? <laughs> right okay. cuz you're making that choice with this with this niche i just want to let you know
5: yeah um that's a great question man i don't know you don't um, I, you don't have I to mean,
2: answer it now but that's the question you're going to have to ask yourself
5: right with this niche i i was going to say so like i've done a little bit more research on the topic and from what i see like people are saying like nonprofit uh video production companies can Make a decent penny off of working with nonprofits. I think it's all about how you position yourself and what nonprofits you're working with. I'm not.
2: So, I'm not saying it's mission impossible. I'm yeah. just saying it's a hard uphill. <laughs> I'm just. I'm saying it's not the leaf paths path of resistance. That's all I'm saying. It can be yeah. done. Um. It's just. It's just difficult. It's, I, right. I. I'm not. By no means am I telling people not to do it. I'm just making sure you understand the path that you're choosing and, and right. what it passes. Cause I feel like I'm going to be real with you. I felt like I can pick a niche and, and, <clears throat> and if in my heart I got a place for a nonprofit, I can do more on the side with the money that I make in my niche and maybe my time than mm-hmm. I can by making it my main focus. All right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I can still go if there's a place that I want to go and like, like, I'll even say practice. If I want to go and practice shots and come, there's a nonprofit I can give that time to if if right. it has a place in my heart. But making a living is just difficult. If You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, if I had to, it's just difficult. It, sure, it, You know what I'm saying? Carlos says yeah. it's a whole niche of people saying they don't have money and need donations to make things happen. It's like going against the wind you can do it, but you're making it harder for yourself. Absolutely. So I'm not, I, I don't wanna I, I'll be lying to you if I'm telling you I'm not trying to discourage nonprofits. I'm just saying it's it's so difficult. The the only key to a nonprofit is is showing is helping them understand that your content can make them money.
5: Right. right?
2: That's the that's the main upside of nonprofits. I can create content that will bring in donations. And they like, cool. We still can't pay you for it. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we still don't want to pay you for it.
5: All right.
2: So it's it, compared to a company that's selling freaking ketchup. That's like, hey, we made $8.5 million selling ketchup last year. We don't mind investing $500,000 into trying to add 10, 20% to that. Cool. So you know, look, pastor, Pastor Roderick says he says a pastor is truly hard. It's just difficult. So I'm not. I, and and the reason I want to be direct with you on that because because I think at times and this is for everybody when choosing a niche, sometimes we got to. I want you to pick a niche you love and can talk about, mm-hmm. but I also want you to pick a niche that's very profitable. Right. And, and sometimes we have to separate it and right. make profit and then take that money back to do what we love. Like, like I, I like shooting movies. I love shooting movies. If I could make a living just shooting movies, I would, but I know I can go shoot a boring talking head video. That's going to take me four hours for $10,000 with a client. Right. I'm going to pay all my bills, you know, and then I'm going to have enough money to go shoot me a movie. So, I got two birds or one stone, you know what I'm saying? So, I I can't I just can't do that if I just shoot a movie. It's just difficult to do. So so that's why I say with nonprofits, I and I was trying to understand like what's the passion behind wanting to shoot nonprofits, and I and I respect that, and I think that, you know, it's perfectly fine to have something that we're passionate about that can't afford us. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: Just don't make a don't make a business out of it, or don't have it be the the main entree of your business because it just, it will make things more difficult. Um, Sure. But I think that there's definitely a place for it. I mean, if you want to get, get one, one and you want to like, I think nonprofits are great places to, um, to practice, right. To practice shots. Um, they're great places to learn how to do different things when you got somebody that can't afford you, but will benefit from it. um, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. It ain't the law. I'm just saying in my opinion. Um mm-hmm. Roger say it's hard because these nonprofits are businesses technically, but they really do act like consumers. I, I, absolutely. So I'm, you know, it's just difficult. Like 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 I can sit you in a room with 10 comp 10 nonprofits, right? I can sit you in a room with CEOs from 10 nonprofits. I can sit you in a room with Let's say three plumbers, and and I guarantee you, if we go year for year, you'll make ten times more money in a room with three plumbers than you will with ten ten nonprofits, mm-hmm. over and over again, because the plumbers they they're looking at a direct correlation of, I'm spending money for content, it's making me this. I'm spending money for content, it's making me this. Nonprofits even if you can make it make sense for them they're still hesitant next year they're still trying to spend less and less like oh what you mean i just brought you another so it's just a difficult area to be yeah i nah, you know what i'm saying still have yeah. a passion for it and still do for it it's just difficult to make it right. your main thing for sure that makes sense not impossible cuz i i know people i've i've worked for some nonprofits I have, when some of my bigger clients was uh, corporate event with some nonprofits. I I see them once every three years, and you know it's cool. But if I if I, if I ran a company that only did nonprofit, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be here. I, and I started off with with all the love in my heart to do like veteran stuff, minority <laughs> veteran, to do minority stuff, to do disabled vet. Like I was like, yo, I'm about to. I learned the hard way, like <laughs> like yo. Yeah. So it's just, you know, that's all I'm saying. Um, you know, still have a passion for it, and still still work in that area. Just be mindful of it when you pick a niche that you want to go after. And then you for gotta sure. also re- remember this, right? Depending on what the nonprofit is, they attract all the photography moms. You know what I'm saying? Like, depending on what it is, they attract all the photography moms or people who are affected by that situation that are photographers that wanna help, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like we did uh, Habitat for Humanity and they were building homes and we were hired to come out and capture it. It was 20,000 people who either was supposed to have been building, was there with the companies, was taking picture and video. Like it was crazy. So there yeah, they had my images, but all it take is two of the photography moms to, jump, to dump off a bunch of images saying we took pictures too. Oh, well, we will not need to get a photographer next year because this is all we need. So it's just difficult. That's all I'm saying. It's just a, it's a difficult path. Um, yeah. Look, Luke said uh, the, the nonprofit in my BNI group is always trying to get shit, never giving up value, even though she gets her membership for free and makes hella money um, from city funding. They're mostly leeches. It's not worth the stress. I don't want to say that, but I wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I had a, I had a couple. Um, so I've been filming for a while, but I have a couple. I feel like the footage I have, I wouldn't say it's useless, but it's like I used to play ball and stuff. So I have a lot of like football related content and I just can't put my finger on like how I can spin that to corporations and stuff like that. Like, so I just need to like, it's challenging, bro. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to get my foot in the door.
2: Yeah, that's what we're here for. I'm I'm, I'm glad you got that. Let's talk about that for a second. Then we'll get the ransom. Let's talk about that. Because I think a lot of people struggle with picking a niche. Yeah. It's, it's not just you. It's probably the it's probably the number one. Like, if I had to bottleneck, like one thing that a lot of people struggle to get over with is picking a niche. And and I'm I'm glad that you that you're expressing that because you're not the only person here that's going through that. I can promise you that now. You're not the only person there that's going through it so let me let me kind of break down a little bit um as to what you need to think about a little bit a little bit one don't try to use your old footage for future plans you didn't you didn't film it with the intent of speaking to an audience yet Mm -hmm. so don't so just just drag it to the recycle bin and just let it go not for real but just you know what i'm saying like you know you didn't you didn't create that to talk to that audience so even you can try to bend it out however you want. It just it just won't be effective. Um two, think about an area that even if you don't know about it, you you think you would be interested in. Right? You think you would be interested in enough to talk about it. It helps if you hella passionate about it, but sometimes you, you know, like sometimes you're not. I can talk about it. I ain't crazy about dental stuff. I, I'm not the type of guy that enjoy getting root canals and crap, but I can talk about it. I've been around it and I've educated myself enough to talk about it. Um, And depending on what you decide to do needs to be within that wheelhouse. It needs to be with, within the area of things you can talk about. Now you talked about sports, right? I did a video for, um, I forgot the name of the company that, uh, they, they have the vest that the football players wear and they put the little device in to track everything. Yes, I, forgot, I saw that. I forgot the yeah. name. But they hired me to to cover um, which one of the top high school football teams in the area, they were using that technology. But what they needed was a video of testimonials and a video explaining how, so they wanted a visual testimonial is what we call it. So a visual testimonial is when I get, a, a, I sit down with a coach he, he tell me why he like it. And then we go get B roll to cover it. So it's not just a looking, it's just, it's just a more of a, a higher end testimonial, right? So coach telling me, Hey, I like this. Don't like that. Um, and then I'm filming, I'm filming with it. I'm filming what he's talking about. Um, and what I'll do a little bit later on is I'll pull up that video and show you. Uh, but I I like sports. I like football. I did some, some, some NFL stuff and they saw that and was like, Hey, and you do video. Let's do it. So, um, it ended up working out, but you you can stay within the industry. As long as you specialize in something in that industry. Um, you got to specialize in something though and be as specific as possible. Even if it's sports technology content, we do, we do content, for the companies that are that, that are in sports that offer technology that's still a, that's an area that you may have 20 companies in your area and not even know about it right you know there's a lot of companies that sell um equipment to sports teams there's companies that need videos showing how the hit pads work and you know all kind of stuff that may be around you that you may not be you know what i'm saying you may never never looked into that that still need testimonials they need you know um explainer videos they need training videos they need a lot of stuff so it could still be in the idea of sports there's a lot of trainers or a lot of high end especially down here in 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 texas there's a lot of places that that teach a lot of high-end football to all age ranges right those teachers and offensive line coaches and technique coaches and camps need a lot of money i'll tell you this i forgot all about it i shot a uh, lacrosse uh lacrosse camp one time right mm-hmm. it was college uh it was i forgot who threw the camp but what they did was they flew out like eight of the top lacrosse coaches ohio state michigan indiana it was about eight of them right and they held this camp at smu it was a three-day camp right the three-day camp was twelve hundred dollars a student right twelve hundred dollars a student right think about this it was probably six thousand students there. So let's just do the math on it. Let's just do the math on that. Cause I couldn't believe it that people were paying, you know, twelve hundred dollars times six thousand. What's
6: this? Civic. Okay.
2: Oh, yep. A weekend. I couldn't understand how they were paying us twenty thousand to film this. I I had no, I, I didn't play lacrosse. I knew nothing of it. I mean, I knew about lacrosse. I just didn't know it could generate this much money. Because right. I was wondering, how are they paying coaches? But coaches, I, I know coaches are getting flown in for free. I don't know if they were getting paid because they were getting the opportunity to scout some of the top high school talent and recruit and offer scholarships. But I do know the guy got the field he got the facilities for free because he was a he was an smu alumni and all he had to do is i knew he paid to bring in coaches he probably put them in a hotel i don't know the extent of his cost involved but i know he he did he did three lacrosse um lacrosse uh three-day events per year and that was it
5: mm.
2: when I, when he told me how much he charged and he told me how many students were there I put two and two together and was just like, you, you're doing what a weekend? What? Because I was that's just wondering, crazy. like, how are they paying 20? Like, we were there for 16 hours total for three days. Their, their bill was like 22 five. We're doing a highlight video. We're not even filming everything. But if you like sports, you can possibly get with an event coordinator or, or event planner that's planning these sporting events. So that's still another way in.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, they, they they there's a lot of leagues, depending on where you are in the country, football leagues, basketball leagues that are semi pro, that are not like like you example. Um, in the city of Plano, Texas, and a lot of southern cities that I've learned, their cities have uh rec leagues for adults. I played mm-hmm. in the, I played in the flag football league for years. Well, guess what? Guess how they market it. Photo and video. video. They, they market it with their with their uh photo and video. They market it with, with their pages. They market it with their Instagram to get people to sign up, make money. They hire referees. They do a lot of stuff. Training for referees need video. It's a lot of places in sports locally that we don't think about that True. if you specialize in it, if you go to your, your city or a small city or a chamber of commerce and say, hey, I want to, who's in charge of this? who's in charge of the basketball rec league that y'all have as a beta client. I want to shoot all your stuff. I want to go create content for your social media. And all it takes is you to kill one sport and they got 10 other sports in a whole department and it's right. other cities and boom, you the man, you the guy, your company is, the you know what I'm saying? Your company is it. So, you know, that's all you got to do. That's a good point. Cause them cause like here in what 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 area are you in?
5: I'm in Dallas, bro. Dallas.
2: That's right. Yeah. You in, okay, yeah. So I could tell you now, Plano got a league, Allen got leagues, Frisco got leagues, Dallas got leagues, Garland got like that's five. So not only do they have city leagues, they have additional leagues. Cause I played in Lone Star, which is an additional league that play in all the cities. It's the company, and I played in the city league. And the city league had all Lone Star had, male and female. Lone Star had multiple sports: kickball, football, basketball, volleyball. They they had bowling, uh, cornhole. That you can do social social. uh, They were social um, leagues, so you can join. The city had an all guy league, an all girl league, a senior league, a junior league. All of that stuff need marketing and advertising. You know, btq Right. <laughs> hey, I only know because I had a passenger who's over, who was over like a kickball league. He's over eight cities. Yeah. And they was running, they were, not only did they have multiple leagues, they were running multiple days. So if you were male football, you could have played on a Monday league, the Wednesday league, or the Friday league. So that's how many leagues, like it was, it was, we ain't even got into baseball. Softball, kickball, like they had so many different leagues, and all of these n- leagues need pictures, they need video, they need marketing, they need people to sign up. How do you sign up? Because you see it, so you can be a you can be into sports and go a whole different route and still be B two B corporate and work with the cities or private leagues. Either way, you good to go. So that, th- those are just ideas that you know. I, I didn't, you know, I, I did NFL. I could have easily went to somebody and said, hey, let me, you know what I'm saying? And there were times where, because I played football, I would go out and take pictures of my team. And you know I mean? People from the other team wanted pictures. I would go out and take pictures of my team just to, just because I wanted to practice. Mm. I wanted some sideline photography shots of football. You know what I'm saying? So there are opportunities in a lot of places. And we ain't even touched on high school we ain't even touched on your local colleges. We ain't even touched on Pop Warner. We ain't even t- like like it's so many different places that need any place that that people pay to play. They got a market. Uh-huh. Pay, pay to play. They got a market. They got a train. They need training videos for referees or recruiting videos for referees. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's a lot of opportunity if sports is your thing. Um, it's just finding. The the business the person that makes the decision the business side and again you can go downtown and see who renting out uh who renting out these fields right because your area got fields that companies can rent yep. Some, sometimes they pay sometimes they don't but you can find out who renting the fields market yep. to them you know what I'm saying you can it's it's so many different ways that you if, if sports is your thing depending on where you are. That you can still cover sports and 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 make good money. I promise you, you get two, three cities on lock. You you're doing six figures. Hell the, the with multiple staff. With, a lot with, of staff, Right. Got to. And and <laughs> and you probably selling. you you can probably create a website where any extra photos players can buy and download. So, and I'm gonna be real with you. The reason I didn't take an NFL job or even go after an NFL job because they don't the photographers don't make no money. They make $55, $60 a year for what they got to go through. You can you can do six figures working with Pop Warners, different Pop Warner mm-hmm. leagues. And have your own schedule and and have the ability because not only do you work for the NFL, but you can't do nothing with them pictures, bro. You are so you can't post a lot on your social media, bro. You can't post. A lot of stuff people don't understand. there's The NFL don't play about their content. You can't, you can't make money on the side. Like I, I used to wonder, like talking to other NFL photographers, dog, why don't you have a YouTube channel? You know how big your YouTube channel would be if you were on the sideline of the Cardinals game every week. What are you doing? I can't. You can't have a YouTube channel. Nope. I can't TikTok about it. I can't do none of that. I'm, I'm gone immediately. And that's the worst thing that you can do,
6: right? Because you know, walking out there with fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment and you can't do nothing, you can't even make money out of it.
2: Do, yeah. you, do you know how fast Canon will send you glass and bodies if they knew you were like if you were on YouTube and you were the oh New York Yankees photographer, they will send you fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff, but you can't market that, you can't advertise that. I know, I know for a fact that the Redskins, uh, the Redskins, or what used to be the Redskins team photographer, his budget for cameras was less than what you think. It was less. It was little. It was it was less than ten grand a year. Oh, that,
6: that's
2: Daniel Snyder. I'm glad they got him
6: out
2: of there. Right. <laughs> but a lot of t- a lot of teams don't have big budgets like that. I mean, think about it. You've never seen a, a real high-end sports photographer without multiple 1DXs. Mhm. One dxs one 80 mm millimeter, 800 millimeter lens, that's 12,000. That's 10,000, 15,000, one. And yep. they usually have four bodies, you know what I'm saying? You want to get a 24 to 70, a 70 to 200, um, a 800 and like a 1200, something like that.
6: About uh,
2: 400 to 28. Yeah. Yep. 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 400 28 and like an 800. absolutely. So I, you know, but again, they know that they can replace you in a heartbeat because they can call up somebody else and be like, yo, you want to be the photographer for the Cowboys? Yes. Come on down. You don't like it. Get out of here next. So, you know, but again, I I just want to, I just want to kind of get your mind going thinking of other ways. If sports is your thing, there's a lot of money in it. If we know where to look and how to think about it, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, you know, my goal here is to say, don't that passion is valuable. Um, we just got to find a way to make money with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause there, cause everybody needs content, everybody.
5: Right.
2: There, there's no way around it. Um, For sure. Especially in sports. Cause sports is, I think sports is going to be an area that won't get affected by AI. Because you can't say, I mean, unless it's NFL, you can't say, give me a picture of Odell Beckham uh, tiptoeing on a one-yard line catching a pass. You probably can with AI, but it won't be from the last game. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It won't be relevant. It won't be the catch. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever from the last game that needs to be shown. It'll just be a generated picture. That ain't what people want. So I think sports, sport photography, will probably be one of the last um, to be affected by by you know, AI generating stock images and stock video now. I don't know if y'all have been up on it, but this AI stock video is nuts. Bro, it's coming in hard. It's, man, I'm saying three years tops. I don't know about stock footage anymore. Get your money while you can. Everything I'm telling you, get your money while you can because you may have to diversify some stuff. I just don't know what AI is just moving fast. Like if you're a writer, if you're a writer right now, I don't know what to tell you, bruh. If you are a writer, let me open up my little, I drop my dog on violin. You a writer? You might as well forget about it, bruh. Cause I, this damn AI. I don't know if y'all using chat GPT, bruh. I don't know if y'all own it, but it is absolute. It is 10 times better than you think. It is absolutely mind-blowing. If you're not using ChatGPT, I don't know what the Are you you need to be using ChatGPT for everything. It is it is yeah. r- ridiculous. Like it is yeah. nuts, but I don't want to harp on it too long. Check it out. Use it for your your website copy, use it for your emails that go out, use it for your uh requesting referrals, use it for everything. Use it for everything. It is Man, it is nuts. Use it to write a love song about your partner. Use it to write your vows when you get married. Like it is ridiculous, bro. It is it's nasty, man. Like it's nuts. If if it'll it'll, you don't have to give it. You can be like, right. Give me ten ideas for a video for showing people how I can throw these hands. Like it is just now. Give me the script for the video, and it'll do it. Right there, three seconds. It is absolutely nuts. So I don't want to harp on it, but definitely check it out. But um, Joe, going to say this: you know, be careful with nonprofits. I'm not saying it's impossible. You may find a niche behind a niche in nonprofits. That's that that work. I'm just, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's more difficult. Um, sure. There's a lot to do in sports, especially if you in DFW, bro. There's a whole lot of money waiting on you. Yeah. Whole lot of money waiting on you in sports in the DFW. You're gonna be hot. You're gonna be out there on the sideline, but it, you know, it's fun. If you, you know, whatever sports you like, it's fun. Right. You could be indoor doing hooping, you know, covering hooping. But, yeah. you know, you know, a niche is is the area where I think a, a lot of people struggle. Um, and really, I'm gonna tell you this too. Pick something, dive into it, discover, discover whether or not you like it or not. Thinking about it, it's just difficult to really experience it enough to determine whether or not you want to be, you want to find a way to get good at it or you don't want to touch it, right? And I, and, and an example I like to use for that before we, before we get to ransom, an example I like to use is I used to get approached by all my barbers to do some footage for them, to do pictures for them, to do a flyer for them. I used to get approached by all my barbers, right? Oh, you do you? You the camera guy? Yeah, I want Till so I realized none of them had money to pay. In fact, the last barber that I did some stuff for paid me in haircuts. It took him. I got three years worth of haircuts. Yeah, because he didn't have the money, and he wasn't going. And that's when I was charging five, six hundred for a video. I wasn't even charging what I'm charging now. It was just me and the camera. It wasn't even my crew. They they mm. they just don't have the money for it. And I mean, you know, I, they just don't. You can try to get with a company that owns a salon. I found it better to get with a company that has the type of salon. They got a bunch of suites. And then you get with the business owner because they're thinking about, hey, I want to put somebody in that suite. When people sign a contract and they're paying booth rent of $1,000 a month for 12 months, that's $12,000. They're thinking bigger numbers like that. And it may work out better. If you go after the person who owns that type of suite, somebody who got a smaller salon with six chairs may not have it, but a person with a suite has probably got vending machines, ATMs machine. like their average, what they're making is much greater and they want to do two things. Maybe market the suite to bring people in so that they can utilize the shops that are within. They may want to market a recruiting video, letting people know or barbers think of why they should come here and rent this suite. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, there's two different aspects to videos that you can do for that owner. Um, they may want to do training videos for a janitor that they have there or onboarding videos for people who purchase a suite and they want to you know, they're frequently asked questions. And so where do I park? What do I, how do you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of different areas there. And that's a little bit of smidget over from the barber, you know what I'm saying? But just thinking of, just thinking like a business and, 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 trying to identify who's the best person for me to waste my time on, I guess you can say, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I moved out from the low level barber, which I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but you get what I'm saying.
5: Yeah. You know, I appreciate it.
2: Oh, anytime, bro. Anytime. But be, yeah, be careful with this. <laughs> be careful. Have fun, but be careful. That's you. Ransom, go for it, bro.
7: Yeah, so my uh, question okay. is kind of a win, but not a win. Um, is right in line with what you guys are talking about. So I spoke to the president today of the Pop Warner Association. He uh, wanted me to send a, send a proposal over for um, it's just a four uh, team league, Pop Warner football. They do have cheer. So I'm, I've okay, never done that. this before. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out um, and get ideas from you all on how to approach my. Pricing because I know in some groups that I'm in, some of them they do um like a kickback to the league. I've heard some of them say they do like as low as 10% or whatever. Um, I mean, if I don't have to do a kickback, I definitely I'm not gonna mention it. But just in case if they do ask me about that, I kind of want to get you guys idea, um, ideas as far as um what would be kind of a good, you know, outside of my cost of doing business. What would be kind of a good idea to, you know, uh, as far as my pricing to kind of get myself in there with the bid for a win?
2: Let me say one thing real quick, um, and then we'll see if anybody got the experience in that area. What I would do is I would find a smaller league, right, as soon as possible, and beta their ass and use it for the big league. Only because they'll know a little bit. They'll be able to answer that question better than anybody even – Maybe people here, unless they've you know, work with a similar situation, but um, they'll be able to answer that question a little bit better. This is why that first client or even that first product I'm beta testing so that I can ask the questions of, what's your revenue look like? What do y'all spend on market? Because it's hard to tell with Pop Warner whether or not you're dealing with a team that is well funded or are the kids on the corner selling candy bars? You know what I'm saying? So it's just a big difference in in that approach, because that may determine whether or not the league or what budgets the league may have to spend money. Um with that being said, uh who was doing group group um sports? Was it was it Craig? Were you doing group sports shots? Somebody was doing group uh
6: So what uh, what are you what are you bidding to provide uh, what type of services are you going to be providing for the league So I just want to do team and individual that's it Okay Team and individual portraits Yes
2: Okay okay hmm. um with with that it, you you're going to probably be along the lines of a kickback I'm going to be honest with you Yeah Okay and, and I would position it that way I would position it as a fundraising idea to be honest with you, and that's what I was thinking. Because it's only four teams yeah. for the whole city, for the entire city. Um, because parents want it, and the, right. the person who can give you the power and access to everybody is the is the uh, is the league. I would, I would position that as a fundraising idea. You make money, they make money. You know, everybody's happy. The league is incentivized to bring more people, to get more people involved, to get more pictures because okay. they're getting a kickback. That, that's how I would present it, because there's no... I, I, And I would say, you know, this is just my opinion. I would definitely speak to somebody in that industry, because that may not be the case. I, just based off the limited knowledge I have of approaching a league like that, I would incentivize them to want... Because I want to be a part of their, their mail list. I want to be a part of their email list. I want to be a part of their... uh. When they when they submit the send out the paperwork to uh to get people to fill out for their league, I want to be a part of that. I want to be at the event because uh, Pop Warner they have a like a weigh in day where all the kids got to bring their um their birth certificate and they got to get weighed to make sure they're the right age and everything. I want to be a part of that event because because during that event, if we're not doing pictures there, which we probably won't, because usually um usually uh uniform handouts aren't aren't at that time, but if I'm a part of that and let's say I'm getting pictures for the league, right? So that they can post on their social media. That may be my kickback. The kickback may not be money. It may be, Hey league, we're going to cover some extra events that you guys have. Usually those pop warners have, um, I'll cry and say, email them. Um, usually those pop warner, they have like dinners and they have other events that the league yep. would love to market. It may yep. be more valuable to the league to have that, content to market than to get a kickback or maybe both i don't i I don't know um but those are things that you know when i think of the league from a business to business they got to market too they got to fill up these teams so this is something i would think about creighton said email them um it's in the chat i'm not gonna say it because it'll be on the podcast and i don't want everybody emailing Crayton." all
6: right yeah all right,
7: and, and do y'all think that 10% that, that's more than fair if they come back? Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. Yes.
3: Man, I, I, I jumped through a bunch of hoops j- 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 just for y'all guys to be able to hear me now. <laughs> um, oh, it, you know, hold on. I, I'm just excited that, that y'all guys can hear me. So, Ty, uh, go ahead. You finish up with, with, with that, that, then I'll throw my two cents at uh, when you're done.
2: I, I, would, I would give them options, right? I would give them... with no images, 10%. I would give them three different options to choose from. Because only because we don't know what they value. Like like if you say, hey, you guys got, you know, we'll be at the weigh-in taking pictures. We'll be at your ceremony. And we'll go to one of the team practices. And we'll get images for your." That may be more valuable to them than 10%. I I just don't know what they value. And I don't want to say this is what they value. And then they don't. Because, again, marketing is, the, marketing could be the number one thing they value. They they like we don't have pictures for nothing. We don't have good images or video for nothing. We will take that over ten percent at least the first time. Yeah,
7: w- yeah. One of the teams that I've uh, reached out to, I talked
2: to their president,
7: and she um, she had told me that their photographer last year he left, and when I went on their website, <laughs> they had on there what. They were begging the moms to put up their iPhone pics. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but so, yeah, I can see that. So I know they have a need just based off of that, you know, um,
2: what, what I, used, I love. When I used to go take pictures of my son, you know, I'm out there with 400 millimeter. I'm going, I'm I'm snapping and I would post them in the group and folks would go crazy. Please, my son number 88, please get a shot. Of, you know, I, they would lose their mind. <laughs> I got a, son, I got so a picture of your son on a bench. Hey, that's a
7: better picture that, 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 than what they get from the stands. True. So, my second question is because I checked out some of the con. do you have a contract that's maybe that I could um, purchase and then tweak it a little bit? Do you have anything around which one? Which contract would that kind of be geared towards if I'm coming to them?
2: Um, I would say probably three, right? The event photography contract, um, the model release contract. Um, and there's one more I can't think of off the top of my head. Portraits? I think it's the, the portrait contract. So those are the three that yeah, I would yeah. combine. Yeah,
3: but the portrait would fit that. Yeah.
2: You, okay. definitely, you definitely want to do model release because if you're out there you're taking pictures at an event, you know, kids, especially with kids, with kids. So I'll give you this quick tip: Um, get a model release. More of a with big groups and kids, I like to either say, "This go out with the paperwork, so all the parents can sign it and turn it in," or here's a list, and people who don't want their kids photographed sign a list and give me the number, give me the 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 kid's jersey number. That that's that's a way I try to make it easier, Um, but it's tricky. Because the league, I've had, I've had it where leagues can put out information and say that by joining this league, you agree to let your child get photographed and we can use it for marketing purposes, blah, 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 blah. And, and again, that's something that you can bring up to the league that'll make them say, I never thought about that. Hey, do you have permission? Have you notified the parents that you're going to be using this content to market to go on your social media? Parents may want them to play in your league. They may not want them on your marketing material. Little Johnny get a nice catch where he diving and we snap the picture. Mommy may not want that on there. And I don't want you coming back to, to mommy trying to negotiate it later. Like, well, he give him his helmet for free. And y'all can I don't want all of that. <laughs> just, Cause it'll happen. Like it's happened. You know, i you know, especially our people where well, they want something for free quick. So you just to eliminate that. And this is how we're presented to the league, because again, they're gonna be like, I never thought about that. You know, but what you what you I know Crying, you was gonna jump in and go for it.
3: Oh yeah, man. No, uh, all right. So, 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 what you are wanting to do? You want you want to do team and individuals, then, right? Yes. All right. So, so, what ends up happening is, uh, yeah, you know, like uh, everything with the contracts. You know, the, the more the more you can put on the league, the better. And guess what? The league wants to do. They want to put everything on you, um, and so and, and then everything else that, that that Ty was talking about. You know, finding out what what it is. Else that they also want because every league is going to want to, uh, uh, is going to want team pictures, you know, like that. That's it's it's kind of like it's kind of like if you if you're going to get, uh, if you're going to get married, the the bride's going to be in a dress and she's going to want the cake, (laughs) you know, but the but you know, so you know, in in this case, you're kind of the you kind of like the baker. And, and and so, you know, you, you, there's different ways of playing everything. Um, I'll be honest with you, I probably – I'm at the point right now where my competition is uh, doing an 18% kickback, so uh, I'm putting out their 20% because, one, it's easier math. Um, <laughs> uh, but that also means that I also have to charge more. Uh, and so – the other thing that you have to look at is uh or, or you know and, and th- th- this would fall under the uh the i didn't think about that or we never thought about that um that uh, a lot of leagues they'll want plaques for their uh, for their team sponsors and so uh you know those cost money and uh th- th- those are like shoot without me pulling it up, probably 10 15 bucks pop um, and that's wholesale price and they're going to want that for every sponsor but not everybody league want, not, not, not every league wants that, that that's the stuff that you, when you're in the conversations you have to find out um let me say what one, I,
2: one thing creighton because you reminded me of something really quickly um my boy who who uh ricky Bowton, who did a lot of nfl photography he got brought on um as an assistant nfl photographer just to capture pictures of the sponsors in the stadium uh-huh. he was brought in just to take pictures of of plaques and things that sponsors paid for to give them proof that their sponsorship dollar was going to work that's it no players no they were like you could stick around and get some player shots and that's how he moved up so if you were the league that got sponsors simply having images of what they sponsored is of value some we don't think about we don't we're not we not we do not i would have never thought that crap in a million years why do why do budweiser want a picture of a big ass sign that's hank everybody see it but they do so smaller um leagues that have sponsors need that type of imagery as well but go ahead right now mm-hmm. oh yeah
3: no and and, and th- that, that's on the money too um there on a let, let, let me see yeah there there's one guy uh who's a gold member i don't i don't see him here in, in here tonight so i'm not gonna call him out but he told me that there's a uh soccer field near where near where he is and uh one of the big things is you know these leagues want those pictures with a kid in the front and uh and, and they and they really want the focus on the ad in the back, so they actually want you to miss the focus, <laughs> um, you know. And so that way, they're you know, boom, that that company knows that their ridiculous amount of money for sponsorship is being used. Um,
2: we had we had a high school game here sponsored by Taki. They had a big Taki truck out handing out Takis to kids. It was like a crack. It was like handing out crack in the eighties. <laughs> exactly. My kids be losing their mind over damn Takis. Fingers be blue. So my question is: Don't touch In addition to the kickback, am I
7: charging charging them on top of that, or am I just making? You're money? are usually
3: just selling straight to the parents.
7: Okay. Okay. And
3: and, and and that's where the scary part is because the the leagues generally want you to guarantee X, Y, and Z, and um, you know, it's Pop Warner. Uh Pop Warner, my experience is uh you're gonna be making a lot of money. Uh I had um one league. Hold on, do you know about do you know do you how many kids are in it?
7: No, I not all of kids. They just oh, uh it? started yesterday. They had their first tryouts, but okay. I know they have four oh, on,
3: first tryouts ever. Like this is a brand spanking new league. They've never played a football game before.
7: No, is it pop 1, right? This pop 1. Yeah, yeah. their season just started yesterday. So yeah, yeah, no no, no 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 New season.
3: They should know how about how many kids are you know it's it's not that it's a new season.
7: You're new to this, they're not. Um but if you figure for every as far as the numbers part. I don't know what the numbers are because you know they had late they, based upon their website and their social medias, they had a lot of late registrations in their season. Yeah, be, everything just mm-hmm. started yesterday, so they don't really have um, numbers. I would have to call each individual team and find out, but from what it looks no, like... No, no, what you used to
2: the press, now,
7: You used no, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, as far as the numbers, I don't think they know right okay. offhand because everything started yesterday and they had a lot of late they registrations. They can tell you within about, like, probably 10 kids.
2: You, you, and the reason I think it's important to get that number is to know, is to, is to know what your potential is, as far uh-huh. as you know, is this a league that's got twenty teams? How many? How many man? Is it a ninety man roster per team? You know so they I mean?
7: have four. It's only it's only four teams, okay. but they have, um, you know the the, what is it? The five U, in a, It's like it's four oh. teams. But each has three tiers.
2: Right. That. So four, it's four times three. So yeah. So you got the big so, kids. So you might have team. twelve.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You may and, have. And, and, and so so stop worrying about teams and, and what yeah. you need. You need to know what numbers there are. Yeah. Because the numbers uh, anything Pop Warner mean means that it's younger than junior high, which means that these parents are going to be paying you hand over fist. Uh, you will have moms run up to you and throw cash at you. Literally. I've had that happen. Uh, my assistants have had that happen. Uh like 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 you know, mom's running up and they're like, Take the money, please take my order, you know. Uh awesome. that's that's what you're about to deal with. And
2: that brings me to another Crichton, uh you may want to do a second shooter agreement too, if you got assistance, because oh, somebody yeah. can easily pull up, pull your assistant and say, Hey, I give you fifty dollars for the shots you get at my kid out here playing.
7: Mm hmm. And and, and not just that,
3: but you also run into uh, if someone else shoots the pictures for you as an assistant, you have to have that second shooter agreement. So so that that way it's work for hire. Uh, Otherwise, you just paid for them to have the copyright on everything. And then if they want to go be assholes and never and never get work in town ever again. uh, But then you can't even print the pictures and the league's not going to give you a second photo day. Um, because they're just too busy. Um, so but uh, go just, ahead,
2: just real quick. I did the math on that. If you got three, let's say they do 90 man rosters for four teams for three tiers, you're looking at over a thousand <laughs> students. There's <it's> 1, <laughs> 1,080 to, to, students minimum. So if cut you can check. get half of them to do a 50 dollars package, you're in a good oh, position, man. No, it's gonna be higher than that, yeah. It's gonna be higher than that, but yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that don't hey. include. The banquet pictures that don't include pictures during the game i don't include cheerleaders the cheerleaders is a whole another thousand student people because cheer is yeah. huge down here cheer oh, is a whole, everywhere everywhere cheer it's is huge. Hu- cheer is bigger than football i want to say to a certain extent it's huge uh, uh, so they do the costumes you know, like this, this, this is kind of getting into my niche stuff
3: that's you but that's uh, right. <laughs> W- 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 uh, w- went went to the uh, Texas High School uh, Coaches Convention a couple weeks ago. Max Preps had this big giant booth, probably had like eight employees, and I drug like six of them through the dirt, trying to find out every little bit of of information. And the thing that blew the guys who were working there uh, uh, blew their mind was I, you know, I, I, it was a question that I had. Hey. In my experience, my biggest sales are not football. And the guys are like, that's a load of bullshit. And and, and then the lady who was actually like the head photo person that they they brought out of California, she looked at them and it's like, football is the most pictures we have uploaded. It is night and day, not the biggest seller. It's the girls' sports. It's the cheerleading. Uh, me personally, uh, right now, I would say my biggest seller is volleyball. Then I would say cheerleading, softball, girls, basketball, um, geez, football is like right above boys, basketball, football is like next to last for me. And football is the one that everybody keys on, but it, it's just how, it's, it's, it's how the people with the checkbooks work. That's the parents. Um, and so when, when you go up there and you look at um, the stuff that you're going to be doing, you're going to, man, let, let me say something. Uh, every, every time I'm photographing uh, you know, like doing the team and the individuals and it's time to do the cheerleaders, I am always one hundred percent of the time, I always make sure someone take this camera because you about to see you about to see me with pom poms, and I'm a big bald dude with a beard, and it is it's it's some of the most hilarious pictures, and I'm ha- I'm having to show these cheerleaders this is how you're going to do this pose, and I borrow the pom poms, and then I have to show them these little tricks to do with the pom poms that way they look all fluffed up, you know, um, and then the uh that and so yeah it's yeah.
7: <laughs> so how many, how many, um, how many players are you doing in, in, because from what, a, from what, a, from what, one of the president player presidents, um, when we were talking, she said that they would normally have their team, uh, do it before practice their team and individuals. I don't know about the other three teams, but how many are you in your experience? Are you doing in a day? I know some bigger leagues, they try to do like all however many hundreds. In one for me
3: the and, and, and th- this and I'll be honest with you uh, th- this is kind of the scary thing no I was not a cheerleader Andrew I, uh, mm-hmm. in fact I learned I learned the different poses because I because the cheer moms were that crazy and so I'm sitting there and it's like I'm having to learn from the cheer moms while, while I'm getting ready to photograph the cheerleaders and so all I, of a sudden I don't- now I have skills. Was was setting a pose? Go figure. I don't. Believe um, you. I don't believe. And, and damn it, there's a purple dress involved. Okay, does that make you happy now, Andrew? Does that just, make you happy?
2: Just summed it up right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, got a little Street Fighter right there. Uh, but me per and, and so really, Ransom. This year's the scary part for me is it's with mirrorless cameras. It's a lot easier. It used to be you had to have somebody with skill.
1: You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast.
3: Run a DSLR. Because uh, if you miss that focus, like, like you know, like uh, but just by too much, you know, you, you just end up uh, having a picture you can't sell, and then it's like next to impossible to get, these, uh, get, get everybody back because you're not going to know until it's too late. Um, but Mirrorless does a really great job of uh, 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 making sure the focus is right. So it's Ransom. lowered that skill of entry.
2: Ransom, what I would do mm-hmm. is I would also make a post in the community because not only charging, I think there's a list of, like I think input from those who've done it about a list of equipment really help, right? Well, I do
7: it now because I oh, okay. do all I do all of the athletics for our community college up here. So oh. I've done team and individual, but colleges, I've just never done it with a little league yeah. You're
2: going to probably yeah. Uh, I got I a, a Canon
7: R6. Time. I got the 70 to 200. But I got I'm, the nifty 50. I'm, I got the equipment. I got all my lights,
2: all I, of that. I'm thinking more like a uh, the white tent. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. The cart. Uh-huh. Are we printing on site or are you printing later?
4: Oh. No, what yeah.
7: I, what I'm going to do is um got photos, so I can have the QR code, so I can send them the links to that, so I can upsell
2: oh, them. Oh
3: man, you, you, you're paying out the nose, but okay. See, so you know, I would
2: I would make a I would make a make a post just to see if anybody else have any, you know, any ideas or anything that can help, um, you know, that can help. Because okay. I, I, I there's there are definitely some in here who've done it. There's some who have also. There was a company that would sell you the franchise. I forgot the name of that company, and they would go out and get the business for you. So they would sell you the franchise like you would you would pay like a franchise fee I think it was like five thousand a year they would guarantee a certain amount of jobs um they would give you the gear list they would do all of the promotion for you and have all the websites so you upload your stuff people come I forgot the name of that company though they actually reached out to me one year because they couldn't find people in the area who wanted to do it um so they That's wanted good. to kind of sell me as a, like a division you know flash for media but we go out and do but I, I just I didn't I didn't want to have put together a whole nother team and have to do it. So, oh
5: yeah. So cool. and,
3: and that's what, that's where the scary part is, is it's one thing for you to have the equipment. It's another thing for you to have to uh, get somebody off the street. Who's good enough to run a camera for you and have, and and understand the lighting and everything else. Now, uh, I got other guys you
7: know. that are photographers here that are sports photographers that, um, they actually came to me because they were looking for me to give them some work, so I got that. Um, mm-hmm. Are they well, portrait uh, photographers?
6: Well, but the main thing they do you, sports and portraits. Uh, main thing that you want to end up doing, just as just as far as your your uh, I say organization wise, you just have set like like some some general settings that you're going to start with, and then and then they'll go up and down from there. I mean, because that's that's what happened when I, I worked for another photography company like over 10 years ago. It was just a hey, here's your settings. We're going to be on these like 90% of the time. And you kind of you just learn those. And then there are very few instances where you were able to venture out past that. But they just wanted to get something solid that was that was sellable. That was it. We're like oh, okay. Hmm.
3: But, yeah, business wise, you know, the big question uh, is going to come down to how many kids you need to run through, how, fat, uh, how fast is the league expecting it to happen,
1: sound good what enough. are
3: you and your team's capabilities? And that's where it gets, uh, you know, tricky because I can run through 200, you know, little leaguers or pop warners in about three and a half, four hours. But you know, if you have someone who's not experienced in doing it, they might take maybe another hour. You know, Uh, cheerleaders take longer than the football players. Um, You know, and so you know how many cheerleaders are being involved. Uh, You know, there's just a lot of questions that you probably it it doesn't feel like you know yet uh, the the answers to.
2: Well, he said he said he had experience doing it. I would say just you know just getting the no, I mean, but, but with the league. Oh yeah, with the league, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, only yeah thing, so- the
7: only thing, the only thing, probably that I would, uh, when I get back with him, is um, as far as yeah, if they want football and if they want cheer, how would they like to um, have it photographed, or if I can do it, if I can do it individually with each team, then that'll be a cakewalk, because like I said before, I, I've done team and individual before with the colleges, so I have a system, you know, I can do a, a you know, pose, have my assistant pose the little little guy or little girl, and, you know, it's one shot, smile, game face, boom, you're done, so mm-hmm. I'm getting through one kid within a, within a minute, under a minute, so, yep. but if I can split them up, and that's what it sounds like, like each individual league, it's kind of like they're doing their own thing, um, so... If I can, you know, hey, I'll come to your practice on this particular they are probably
3: whatever. gonna want to do a photo day though. Because here here's the problem that you that you're gonna run into with all with all these moms. Is it's different when you're dealing with with the colleges and promotional materials or whatever. These moms want perfect uniforms. They don't want a single green stain on them. I don't care if their uniforms are green and that's and so you're going to end up with most likely one photo day they're probably going to have it like opening day something along those lines and they're going to want you to be able to push through and have everything done in that one day because if you wait till after that first practice those uniforms are your you know and then they're going to be demanded photoshop and so now all of a sudden you can't even uh you know, use AI that's built for faces, you have to go in and now you're manually uh, getting rid of greens and green stains uh, just to make these moms happy. And then they'll always, yeah. so, you know, the, the idea of, you know, and then they also probably aren't using the same practice, their practice jerseys aren't going to be the same as their game jerseys. So, uh you know, again, if you're dealing with colleges, you're dealing with people who are, dare I say, more professional and more experienced with this. You're dealing with kindergartners and you're dealing with parents who've never done sports before. Uh, and so it's it, it's, a, it's a different ballgame. It's not so much of a question of your technical skill or your background. It's a question of how can you adapt to them. All right. And so um, yep. and then. All the business stuff that, that, that Ty brought up, those are great things. And you're going to have to figure out uh, what kickbacks they want. And the the thing that's going to be the toughest part is if their league board is doing uh uh if they're doing blind bids and if they're not gonna communicate anything with you because they're not gonna get what they want is really what it is, is you know, if they're doing if they're going that route. And then you're going to have to guess as to what you're willing to provide. And again, you know, the problem does come back to, they're going to want you to definitely give things and they're not going to guarantee a certain number of sales. Um, yeah. But I, I'll, I'll the, tell you this with Pop Warner, there's usually pretty good
7: sales. When I spoke to the president today, and he's also our um, Republican legislator. He's, over the uh, big Ben thing. When I spoke to him today and some of y'all may know the name Corey Simon, he played a uh, national uh, title winner here at Florida state and he played for the Dallas Cowboys. He's the president over the big uh, pop Warner. The
0: Cowboys. Uh, so,
7: so he knows how to play, but the question is, going to be a president? The Cowboys. <laughs> but that's what I, that's why I talked to today. But from what he told me, they only had one photographer last year. So, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get with them later and kind of uh flesh out I'll you know. Yeah. The the big question some is stuff, gonna be sharing right. them. Research. Right. Research tonight and, and right. kind of flesh out some of the stuff you guys yeah. shared and kind of see what okay. they want and if I could provide that. And then
3: the other question that you have is is like throughout the season, uh, you know, are you willing to go up your Saturday mornings to go do action photos? And yeah, yeah. I, and that'll directly conflict with College because college football is on Saturdays.
2: I got so a kid. to nah, I mean out what you're willing to I do. Mean, I got a kid. Nah, I've Don't done.
3: I've go? done
7: that. I've done that with um other stuff, other little league stuff I've did for parents. So I'm I'm used to that on Saturdays.
2: You got it's. We got a lot of uh people in that area too. If you ever need some help, you may want to post that in the forums. A lot of people in that area. That's the goal. But you know, um, you got anything
3: else, man? Feel free to email me. All
8: right. Yeah. It's a, just a a thought, man. Do you know who uh, Melina Myers is? Uh-huh. Well,
7: I, you know I mean, her? I know of her, but I don't know her personally. She um she's actually a a good friend of one of my classmates, but I know she takes photographs up here for Florida State
8: and stuff. Yeah. So preface soon for um the Jaguars. So yeah. maybe someone just to cool talk to and just get some get some run things by her. And it, it ain't the same at all. Um, she does stuff for I think USA Today, but maybe it's just you know someone in the area. Someone can probably give you some ideas. She's been in the game for for a while, so.
2: And um, I I got a guy that that always can use help for uh, historically black college football games out in the area too.
8: Yeah,
2: I can you know I, I can introduce y'all, but you know, good good connections. Everybody, good, good connections out there for sure.
7: Yeah,
2: well, thank you to everybody for, uh, and I'll keep y'all posted on what happens. Please do. That's, that's what we're here for. We all here to help each other out. I want to show y'all just real quick. I'm not going to show y'all the whole thing, but uh I was able to pull up that video. I posted it um in the group, the video I was talking about with the uh as I was talking about the technology, the the, the football technology. Um and it's from this from a while back. It's from a while back, but I want to show you just, just a little snippet of it. Don't don't laugh at my generic uh intro. Because it is. Pay Fiverr for that. Don't don't hate. $5 for that intro. (laughs) Uh,
0: We found out about Catapult uh, about two years ago, uh, attending a Nike clinic, uh, listening to the coaches from the University of Kentucky. Uh, They told us about their success on the field uh, with performance and injury prevention using the technology, and so we decided to go all in this season. Fx5-A6500. injury is extremely important to us here using Catapult. Uh, we've seen a drastic decrease in our soft tissue injuries just from using the technology. And the most important metric that we use um, probably is body load. The idea of uh, calculating all the movements together into one to kind of come up uh, with a measure of the total load that we're placing on an individual player. Um, there's a lot of metrics that we use that are important, but if I had to pick one for us, being able to quantify uh, all the movements together to get a measure of body load is important to us on a regular practice and game day. Ensuring that athletes are ready for competition uh, is a big part of my job here using Catapult. So, so uh, each of our I'm not going to bore y'all with data it, that we've but over, um, over the course of practices and 4K games, do We the evaluate motion? them on a daily basis based on the data that we collect? And so... We try to schedule our practices. uh, So,
2: and and this was a testimonial. We just went and shot B-Roll, but that link uh, posted in the comments if y'all want to watch the complete video. It's uh, four minutes long. I think it's, I think that video is on on flashonmedia.com. I can't remember, but um, that was just, you know, sports without really doing sports. That's B2B. So companies need what you got. Um, They definitely need what you got. So, um, you got a lot of big FSU fans in here. They they in here deep. They taking over. You know what I'm saying? They taking over. I don't know. We gotta, gotta get some more Michigan fans up here. We got enough oh, Cowboy on, fans. Man. We got enough. I Cow-
8: just saw I saw Michigan play FSU. My stadium down here. We won that by one point, but it was cool though.
2: When was that? 83, 84? When was that? Oh nah, bro,
8: that was like five <laughs> years ago. What are you talking about, bro? With
2: you? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, who's who was the quarterback? Uh, Starbucks? Who's the Brook uh, Peppers
8: didn't
1: show up, bro? It, uh,
2: who's the <laughs> that's
7: what well, word
8: on the street
2: is
7: James possibly is going to the Big Ten, so we might be facing Michigan.
8: I uh, my my uh <laughs> Facebook groups have been going off and I've been too busy to look at it, but they're trying to leave the ACC, which is good for them because it's stupid as hell. That ain't the smoke um, y'all won't. Big Ten. Yeah, they had the a meeting they had a
7: meeting today and uh they basically the board meeting today and they said in no uncertain terms that we're we're leaving the ACC I don't putting
2: want y'all on. It's too too many cold games I mean, for y'all in the Big Ten. Y'all don't want that Big Ten
6: work. It's just
2: football and basketball yeah. conferences. That's it now. Well, I just Damn. had a client sign uh sign an agreement. Okay, so we about to, there's another that's a W that just came in. The client they finished signing the agreement. Um yeah, I, I, you know. Let me say this and because then I'm gonna pass it to somebody else since y'all can y'all can chop it up. Uh the, the hardest part, I'm gonna re- recap this because I think it's important and I want to make sure I triple, quadruple down. The hardest part is not picking a niche, it's the discipline of sticking with that niche. So you gotta stick with it. Try it out. See if you like it. See if you can maneuver in that in that that area. Sometimes we just ain't over our head. We don't want to learn about all this crap because we don't like it. Um, so it's so important that you get with a niche that you can you can relate to that you can talk about, um, and then think look think a little deeper when it comes to businesses and how they make money in that area. Right, the more money a company make, the more they want to spend. The more I, I like to work for aggressive companies that want the number one spot. They they're usually bigger on content and media. They're usually bigger on spending the money to grow. Um, so I like companies like that. Um, companies that, that see your, see their competitor on your website and definitely want to work with you because they want to beat them. So you're going to run into a lot of it. You're going to run into a whole lot of it. Um, question, uh, Ricky Rowland. That was a good question. Um, I'm sure if it works for a niche though, gyms as a niche. Okay. I'm going to tell you my experience and I'm going to tell you gyms are tough because they're, they're, there's just not a lot of money in it. Um, and this come from me having conversations with, gym owners i would highly suggest depending on where you are um to get a beta client that's a gym owner because you could be in i don't know where you are ricky you can be in beverly hills where people are okay spending three hundred dollars for a membership i'm gonna tell you tweak that to country club country clubs got money gyms don't that little tweak right there country clubs have money gyms don't most country clubs have gyms in them but it's just difficult for a lot of these gyms to make money when they charge charging $10 a month and their goal is to overbook it and hope that only 30% show up between January and March. So the gyms that I work with were struggling. Like the average gym owner was lucky to pull away $80,000 a year. The average gym owner. I know dentists that work two days a week that do $300,000. So the gym owner that was there from working sun up to sundown was barely pulling $80,000. Um, it's just, you know, it's it, so, I, but you may be in an area where, right. There's CrossFit gyms, there's F45, or there's specialty gyms that do different things that have a higher, they're making more money per client. So it's worth it for them. You know what I'm saying? I, I would highly suggest it depending on where you are. If you go and go gym, try to go as nice gym as possible. I would tweak it and do country clubs because then you're in the area of golf golf is a ton of money country clubs market country clubs have events. They, they can probably open the door to a bigger payday more often than a gym. And you know, it, it, I'm just thinking of who, who got the bag and who don't. Um, so that's, that's the way I would, I personally would tweak it and go in that direction. Um, you know, a lifetime fitness would be difficult to get into because you have a corporate office, right? Those are franchises. A lot of Lifetime, Planet, all of those are franchises. So that means their, their corporate office got a marketing company that's creating content that's funneled down to them. They don't have the ability to hire somebody. In fact, they, that's why they went franchise, so they don't have to worry about that. The franchise is offering the marketing, um, the social media, and all of that as a part of their franchise fee. Now it could be a thousand planet fitnesses around you and they plant and they franchise can be in Connecticut somewhere. And it's just difficult for you to get your foot in the door to work on a, on a scale, um, that they need you to, you can do mom and pop gyms, but they're not doing well right now. Like they're still trying to recover from COVID. Like, so they're not, they're just not doing well right now. You would be better finding, um, a gym or a class that cater to an online audience. And then creating content for them, rather than because uh, they they can because they can have a million members across the world and make higher revenue than somebody who has a physical studio these days that can only fit twenty people in the classroom. So it, things have just changed a little bit, um, and and you know gyms are just not as profitable as they used to be. Um, so I would I would definitely uh, be careful. Um, with, with gyms, um, you may be better off looking at, looking for companies that create like nutritional, you know, companies that sell things in GNC companies that make creatine and, and pre-workout in your area. Um, I, I did a video for a guy who, uh, had glow in the dark freaking basketballs and footballs, sports related workout related. But it paid me more than I ever made with a gym in my life. Um, and I've and I've had clients who are YouTubers who are content creators that wanted to create content about their workout and things like that and teach people how to do workouts. So um, you can search your area for distributors. Yeah, that that's a way. I mean, I would I would build relationships with personal trainers to see if if they have any type of connections. You know, um, there are some personal trainers that believe in investing in the online side of things. I mean, but it's, it's just, it's just hard. It's just hard getting, it's, it's just hard for me seeing the gym cut a $20,000 check. Right. There's a, I've, I work with companies that make zippers that can cut a $20,000 check. You know what I'm saying? I've had one of my biggest clients, um, was a client that, that made um, they made cartons, juice cartons. So they made the, um, like, you know, like the high seas that take the straw that pop in it and you can like flick. They made just the plastic and they had different ones they made for different companies. They, you know, it was just a warehouse. It was boring, but they cut a $50,000 check like it was nothing. They literally, I'm going to be honest with you. They called me at nine and wanted to know, could I be there for a, a press conference they had at at like two? Man, I threw the numbers so high in the air and they were like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, I literally charged them like $9,000 for a two-hour shoot. Just because. And they were like, come on out. I was like, we can be there at two. It's going to be 9800 And they were like, cool. Here's the address. Sent the invoice. The invoice is paid. So, I mean, and, and they made, you know, again, this is an industry that we not even thinking about. But because this is a big company and they, you know, this is what they do. It's nothing for them to blow that type of money they know they're gonna get it back whereas a gym it's just difficult to get a three thousand dollar check from a gym it's just difficult so when you think of a niche explore some explore some businesses that you may not think of that need content you're not gonna you know you're not gonna have a lot of competition in those industries because people thinking they think in gym they think in barbers they think in they're not thinking How many tech companies in the area need training videos? They're they're just not thinking about that. And if you go after them, then bam, you know what I'm saying? One, you don't have much competition. Two, you specialize in an area where they can't find people to specialize in. So it's just a lot of money in these small... Go ride through your business district and look at all those companies that sell screws and bolts and logistics and boxes and stuff that you just wouldn't even think of they all need training video marketing video website video story brand stories they all need um you know they all need follow-up and and you know review video they need all of that stuff and they are just nobody's thinking about them. and the person that is going into their establishment is just saying we shoot video y'all need some video instead of approaching them with the idea of specializing on what they offer and and you know with the idea of 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 gaining them as a beta client so that they can better understand the industry and then sell to that industry so there's a lot of people I've had clients that that aren't even my niche pull me over into their industry and I was just you know I just never I never thought about working with y'all like I'm just going to be real with you I never thought about working with a bottling company until they cut me $180,000 worth of jobs in a, in a one year period, just from them. So, you know, it, it, it happens more than you think. Um, it's just often we don't, we don't put in the time to really find like, there are some gold mines out here that's untouched. that's no competition. If we can just look and be like, okay, I'm seeing a lot of urgent cares in my area. How are they, how are they separating themselves from other urgent cares? Are they marketing? They need video. They need photos. Like, like you know what I'm saying. Just, just me mentioning that. A lot of y'all light bulb went off because y'all know y'all done rolled roll past fifty thousand emergency rooms in your area, and you like, where they come from? They're there for a reason. It's money. Are they recruiting nurses? Are they recruiting lab techs? Are they Are they marketing to the local area? You know what I'm saying, like. Do they have contracts with uh, EMS to bring certain people there? How do they get those contracts? Like, there's a lot of, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot there. So these are things that I want to challenge you guys to think about because you, you're you missing a lot of money Um, when it comes to the companies that are around you. So just, you know, just challenge you guys to think differently about what's around you because it's the companies that you're not thinking about that's going to be your 50, 60, $120,000 a year clients. And like I said before, you don't need 50,000 clients to do this. You need 10. You need 10 solid clients. And. And your dream car will happen. You need 10 solid clients. So. I feel you, Ricky. You'll definitely, definitely get one. You're going to get one, and then you're going to understand how it works, and it's going to get easy, and it's going to get easier and easier. You need 10 solid clients. I, I am picky about taking on new clients. But, yeah, they can definitely tell you. Um, Any other Ws real quick before I hand
8: it over? I got a small W. It's a big W. No, no. Not, it's a really a small one. And actually it's a little bit anti what we'll talk about here, okay. a little bit. And that is um, so I have a buddy of mine who works in um for a financial institution and they have they're creating content all the time. And they and he was brought on as a full-time hire to be a content to be like a content manager. So they use freelancers and he's like, Hey bro, I know you do amazing work. Why don't you come do some work with us? And I was like, We could do some stuff together. And so um, so basically it's essentially as a freelancer, but they they send me like it's $150 a pop, something I could do in less less than an hour, templated, super easy, and basically they give them to me so far ahead that when I have some free time, just pop them out, send them, and it's about $1,500 a month on the minimum so far. It's kind of It's been doing, it, we've been doing it for about a month. It should be about $1,500 a month. When I have some free time, just do them, do them ahead, and send them. That's a good win. Those, that's, that's, that's two car notes worth of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's But it ain't, it ain't the the typical things to talk about here. But it's still great. I mean, I think it's I think I think it's awesome, which is why I th- I'm doing it. I think, um, but, but
2: but I think those need to be celebrated too. I, you you know, those are to keep the lights on wins. I like
8: exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it's for to keep the lights on. And I think they're I think it's great. And I think it goes back to, to something we talked about here before is about relationships, and that's a, a past relationship, a, a really good professional one, that got me this. And they're like, bro, I love the way you work. I know you could do this easy peasy. Let's make it happen. And I'm like, yeah. Let me see what you got. All right, let's do this, bro. Uh-huh, like easy.
2: I I try to tell people when you when you leave your job and you go full time, it's not about your ability to your ability to close a sale is not what's going to make you great. It's not what's going to make you feel like I can do this. It's your ability to be consistent that yeah. will make you that will give you the the ability to relax and it's consistency. It ain't because you. I'm telling you, we all you're you going to have one big sale that's going to fall in your lap. It's going to be the biggest sale you ever got, or it's going to be your first $10,000 sale. You're going to love it, but you're not going to know how to get back there. And you're going to have this $10,000. You're going to pay your bills. You're going to have $8,000 left over. And you're going to be stuck between, do I go buy something I want, or how can I put this into getting more of these? That's going to be your dilemma. How can I put this money... How can I use this money to make more money? And cause the people around you are not gonna be able to tell you, they're gonna be like, invest it. I bought some stock, go get some crypto. No, you can go get a, a pay-per-click ad to bring you five clients. And them five clients can be 10,000 a piece. Like, like you gotta be around people to help you know where to, what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're going, you're going, everybody, if you have not been down this path, you're going to be faced with this. You're going to get a big payday. And you're gonna look at the check and say, "Yay, I got it!" Now what? I want another one. Um, so, what you're gonna learn is you're gonna appreciate the smaller, consistent jobs because the goal is to be consistent and stack them. You don't need a. You're not gonna land a hundred thousand dollars every week. You will, however, land eight thousand, nine thousand worth of small jobs a month that only take you 10 hours a week to do. And it's enough to keep the lights on. It's enough for you not worry. It's enough for you can plan and figure things out and be comfortable. And then you're going to land a few big fish in on top of that. And that's going to push your yearly earnings, you know, to a place where they may not have been before. It's building them consistent jobs, them keep the lights on jobs, and then one or two big fish. And then you'll get consistent at landing bigger fish. And now you'll keep the lights on job is a $20,000 job per month. You know what I'm saying? And then it just grows from there. And it just depends on how much you want to, you know, some people, I like to sleep in. I'm just be real with you. My day don't start to 10 if I don't got to. But I but I live a lifestyle that allowed me to catch a whale and slice it up and put it in the freezer and eat on it when I need it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to, I don't, if I want to, if I want to grind and say, yo, I'm going to kill myself and go ham. I can, I can shoot every single day. I don't want to live like that. I enjoy my I enjoy my freedom as much as I enjoy what I do. Um. So, but but the goal is the consistency. The goal is that. That's why I want to celebrate that win, because you get four or five of them, and you good. You yeah. stri- you you sleeping in. You waking up. You know what I mean? So so I I want to make sure that I highlight this and, and people are aware that don't sleep on these, keep the light on jobs. They are
8: the best. I love it. There's small yeah, I think of small jobs, but like you said, the, the, the consistency is what it's at. And that was always my dream to be consistent. And so I've got two of those so far, which is like great, just keeping them consistent. Every month I know I'm good for the next like whatever months it is. Um, and it's awesome. And you know what's what's funny what you're saying? Well, you just said right now, right? I had this exact conversation with my orthodontist today. Uh, we were just talking about some stuff. And he's like, I, th- I think he's in his, he must be in his 50s at this point. Um, and he was like, I said, hey, how's business, man? And he's like, you know what? I'm looking to wind down uh, the next five to 10 years. Because he he's got, in his 40s, probably in the 40s. And I said, and I said uh, oh, really? He's kind of a workaholic kind of guy. And he's like, yeah, man, you know what? I see guys that are above me. I see guys that are below me. And the extremes are not for me. I want to be in the middle. And so I'm going to slow down the practice a little bit, enjoy my life, enjoy the money. I don't have to have all the millions in the world, but I have to be comfortable. Great. And I'm going to go do that. And I was like, damn, that kind of reminds me of someone who I spoke to uh, earlier about that, uh, about that kind of thing to be right, right in the middle. I don't want to be the most expensive guy. I don't want to be the cheapest guy. I'm going to be the guy right in the middle that makes this easy converting. You want to make moves faster. Bam, bam, bam. Here you go. And the way he's setting up his like exit from the business is to keep the practice alive get a new uh, orthodontist and he just managed the business and he could just chill out and have a good time and take it easy.
2: A good friend of mine, Vic, who was on the beta client yeah. connect with the with the hotel, dudes worth millions. And he uh, he used to always say, "Listen, come up with a number in your head that's enough money for you to enjoy life. Cuz if you you'll get addicted to chasing a number. Come up with a a dollar amount that you can just say, "Okay, cruise control on from here." Right now, you can be this aggressive shark, and that's cool. But, which, which, write down your, now this dollar amount may change. I'm not saying it won't, but, but, you know, he, he's, you know, he has sold and bought hotels, 10, 20 million dollar hotels. You got to get to a point where you can look at your bank account and be like, okay, I can, this chill mode now. I'm gonna spend this time raising my kids, and you gonna get there. You may not get there with a dollar amount in your account, but you will get there with a dollar amount per year, right? I'm gonna tell y'all, I'm gonna be real with y'all. Mine is 300,000. If I'm below 300,000, I'm I got a problem. If I'm above 300,000, I feel comfortable. I'm cool now. Yeah, I could probably work another 20 hours a week and double that will my life change between 300,000 and 600,000? It, not that much. I'm I'm driving. I got two of my dream cars in my garage. I I'm cool. Like I'm good. Is it other stuff I want? Sure, but is it worth me not sleeping in? Probably not. Not to get not to add car number 6? No. I mean I got 5. I got 5 vehicles. Okay. For me to add the 6th car, is it worth me? No. I want to sleep in. I want to go to my kids' football game. I want to show up at every recital. Every cuz that's just that's what it's worth to me. Is you know what I'm saying? I could put in that extra time and shoot and film every, no, nah, I don't want to. This is where I want to be. Now, if I could find a way to do it with less time, then yeah, I'll do that. But you're going to get to a point where you have um post. That's poster, Uncle Sam. You're gonna get to a point where you have a number. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know what that number is. You two things gonna happen. One, you're gonna get to the point where you do six figures and realize it ain't what you think it is. You're gonna do six figures and be like, okay, yeah, taxes. Um Yeah, for real. <laughs> you you're gonna be like, this is this is it's like when you're a kid and you want to be an adult. You, 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 an adult now Pay them taxes. Um, you, you're going to get to a point where, um, you start making money, bills are paid, savings account look nice. And you're like, what do I do with it? I don't know what to do. I, I, I feel like I should be doing something with it. 401k investments. I should be doing something with it. I'm, it's weird looking at it in my account. I'm not used to my account getting to that number. What's supposed to do with it? You're going to have a lot of people around you who've never been in that situation, giving you bad and stupid advice, like invest in this crowd. They don't can't tell you what to invest in, how to invest. They are just telling you to go invest or you're going to run into a situation where people around you aren't doing what you're doing. And you're going to start hearing about everybody's money problems. Everybody's problems, everybody hurting and need this. You're going, to you know, Carlos said he only invest in purple stock. That's what's up. $40 at a time. Um, so you're gonna uh you're gonna be around, you're gonna start to outgrow your circle because they're not gonna see how you're getting this, how you making it. And you're gonna have you're gonna start hearing about their problems. So you gotta be around people that's chasing it, that's going after it, that can give you um educated advice on what to do and what to invest in and where you should be. You know, putting money into, you know, i tell you in a heartbeat, put money into copywriting for your website before I tell you to go put money in, put money in stock. That's just me. You can get that money off. You are the stock, right? Invest in your company. Before I go, I, don't get me wrong, I own stock in a lot of stuff. I just bought some Rivian a while back. Um, But, but I, I'm the stock that I invest in most because I know the return I can get off my own money because I am consistent. So these are things that you will get, uh, it will come, you will grow, um, but you, you got to, that's why these meetings are important and you're around like-minded people um, and you're not around people who have little dreams, little ideas and little places. Um, it's important to, to, to have these conversations and for us to talk about it and be open. And, you know, I got a whole section where I posted, literally posted checks from jobs because I wanted y'all to see what a check looked like from jobs like i want y'all to see what's out here i'm not making this up i can't get to everybody there's plenty of people on here who can tell you they closing jobs left and right it's a lot of money out here we just got to change how we think about going after it and that's the purpose of flash from academy is to help other people just look at things differently because that's all it is the difference between you and making six figures is just how you look at stuff it your work ethic is probably good you probably got enough equipment you probably got a niche that is of value. We just got to change your approach, your attitude, your approach, and and how you present value and how you understand value. So that's that's what I had to change. I'm you know the 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 next level of you, it's gonna be a different version, and it's not gonna be about gear. It's gonna be about this, you know. But um, for me, at least for me, when my back was against the wall and I was Catching hell. I think me and uh me and Rodney had a conversation about um literally being a grown ass man crying because you can't figure this out. You know what I'm saying? Literally having your back to the wall, not having success, and as a grown man stepping away from your family and just crying it out. Just I'm talking about the bubble in your nose, that good cry that be like, hanging, when you got to just let it out. Cause it ha- like you, why am I not, why is this not working for me? I know I'm good at this. I know I can capture that. But you realize that the more you learn, it's a lot of stuff that you skipped over thinking it was about the camera. And it ain't. It's about this. So I've been there. I know what it's like. That's why that whole video, there's a video of the repo man coming for my stuff. I keep that as a reminder. I ducked him. I ran and closed the garage door so he couldn't get it. And when he went around to the front of the house, I dipped out the back with the the car. So I've been there. But it took that level of desperation for me to be like, what am I not doing? What am I missing? And I started reading everything because I ain't had no cable. I ain't had no Netflix to watch. I ain't had no no movies to pop in. My my uh Apple Music account was disconnected because that $10 a month wasn't worth it. But you know what? I downloaded a bunch of stuff on Audible. Even though my account was canceled at the time because I didn't You know, I still had a credit or two and I started reading them books. I started listening to them instead of rap, instead of whatever. When I had no cable and that's what got me to, to start to move forward. And then it started clicking a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And the sales went from 250 to 500, 500 to 800, 800 to 12, 12 to two. And it just started, it was just little stuff. I was changing, changing the website to do this, focus on that. Take this like, and it'll happen and you'll grow and you'll look up and you'll see the path that you've, you've taken and you'll realize that what got me here was this. I wasn't a reader like that. I just, I wasn't a book reader like that. I'm not going to lie to you. I just wasn't. I didn't, I just felt like I could read a title and get it. You know what I'm saying? You got them friends that you, you bust out a book and you tell them the title and they like, Oh, I know about that. But you didn't read the book. Okay. I'm done talking to you. I used to be that guy. Think I knew it, and realized after reading, I didn't know nothing. I was so far away from where I thought I was—not even a mile away. So desperation caused caused me to to invest in things I would not have invested in. But I learned that nothing will get me further than this, and just the way I view things uh, and things like that. So that's why I encourage you guys to. You know, get an audible account, cut out the uh cash money, take it over for the nine nine and the two thousand this week, and listen to a book. Don't, you know, educate yourself as much as you entertain yourself. You got an hour of TV, you need an hour of education. I promise you, stuff will change for you and you're gonna you gonna be a whole a whole different person. I went from the repo man to five cars in in two years. I just bought a I just bought a new one. Just bought a Bronco. And and I put wheels on it and lifted it and changed the radio, all of that before payment was even due. Everything else I got title, I got the title to. Everything else is paid out. So you know, some people are motivated by that, some people are motivated, but in other places, however you're motivated, um, invest in this and you're already halfway there because you're here, and just keep getting better, keep learning. When you walk, when you go to when you go to Walmart, pay attention to what they're doing to you. Pay attention to what to what's at eye level and what's not. Pay attention to what's in the front of the store. Pay attention to how big the prices are. Pay attention in to how, the end caps. Pay attention to what's on the end caps. Pay attention to why stuff in in ninety nine, then ninety seven, and ninety and five. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to how you go in certain places. They got Halloween stuff on sale now, seasonal. Pay attention to. The purchases that's in the um in the lane when you get ready to check out. Pay attention, pay attention to how little thinking it takes to decide if you want to spend 25 cents or a dollar or Snickers. How they make easy decisions, last minute decisions right there. It's a reason why they do it. Pay attention to those things. Pay attention to their loyalty program. Pay attention to how they determine what you value. Pay attention to when you do the self-checkout, how it asks you for a review. Hell, I I went and got the item and checked myself out. How can I not give you a five-star? I did the work. What you mean? I did a good job scanning my stuff. You know what I'm saying? So just pay attention. to Like business will help you look at successful companies and it'll help you steal from successful companies because you understand what you're seeing. And before that, you didn't. You were just a consumer, which you were bred to be. Work, pay bills, taxes, and die. You're bred to do that. So business and books in general help me see the world differently um and by seeing the world differently i could i could steal certain things to, to implement in my business that helped me right i talk about uniforms i got that from ups because one day i had a guy come up on my on my porch during christmas time where they overstocked and the dude didn't have a uniform on and i was like dude i don't know if you took that off my porch if you bringing it but it was a big difference than, than the guy who had a uniform um, Amazon went through that. They had a few drivers get shot at and killed until they started putting vests on people. Because people were dropping off stuff for Amazon. Now they got a vest. Now you know. Little stuff like that made me want to do uniforms. Made me want to do clipboards. It's the reason I chose the type of truck I chose. So it's a lot of it is, a lot of clues to success is there. You just have to understand what they are and how to apply them and implement them into your company. Look, look, look at that. I got the stickers right there. I'm telling you, it's once you start understanding it, it only gets easier. The game slow down. So, so if you're here, you're in the right place. We're gonna continue to have these conversations, and um, you know, definitely use the the community so we can share ideas and ask other people questions who may have experience in certain areas. um, And definitely go after that beta client and build. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I cannot, I cannot give you a cheat code better than a beta client. It's the cheat code nobody want to give you, but I'm asking you to get it directly from the horse's mouth and you have the ability to trade something that, that is valuable to that person that don't cost you nothing. And that's your time and you creating content for all the information and all the insider secrets. Do it. It will help you skip grades. It'll help you move forward. Go for it, Victor.
6: Uh, I, I do have a question. Uh, so I, I'm in this this networking group, this local networking group, and I, I initially got in there to try and, you know, number one, just to network with the with these business owners, and and really work to try and get kind of talking head, you know, kind of boring videos. But what I'm finding is most of them really don't need that, you know, because because uh, the group itself. Is more about referrals so we kind of uh, kind of refer people all around which gets some of them a lot of business uh, but i'm trying to put together some pat you know like some type of package for them and i you know like on monday i ended up going and and creating some content just kind of following this uh this pest control uh guy that's in the group just following him on a big job and now i'm trying to see how i need to display that whether it needs to be like you know just one highlight video from all the content that I picked up, or like do like a a day in the life, or a combination of both. I'm not I don't really know how to package that right now.
2: Oh, I <laughs> kind can, of, like, I can help you with that. This is what this is what I would tell you with groups like that. Be careful, because what one thing that fits one won't fit them all. Oh yeah. So so I would. And, what you, you know, I would try to work with a demographic in that area. Like, let's say if you just pulled it back to just service industries. Okay, I'm going to try to work within the niche of service industries. So everybody in this group that's a service industry, watch what I'm going to do for them because I can do it for you. Now, if they're a baker, they can't relate. If they're not in the service industry, they can't relate. And you have to realize, and this is, you know, what everybody and I had to realize too, I can't help everybody here. But but even if I can help one person within the niche that I want to work with, I'm going to get some layups out of it. just focus on being the best content creator for pest control companies right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I would get you got to get as lean as possible. And other people going, you're going to have some layups that's not in everybody. You're going to have layups that's not in your niche that want to do work with you. Cool. Let's go. I'm not. Do not turn that down. Get it. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that don't mean my focus is different. I'm still focused on, you know, you could be focused on basketball. You still can get some movie roles. No matter what you do. I'm focused on being a better basketball player in the NBA. Guess what? I got some movie roles on my desk now. I got people that want me to do commercials for Cheez-Its and crackers and whatever food, whatever they got, hot dogs and sandwiches. All I'm doing is focusing on basketball. You're going to get layups. Just focus on being on playing basketball. Don't yeah. don't, you know what I'm saying? I think that the best way in that situation is li- limit who you help. Plus, when you exclusive, people want you even more. Um yeah. and and I would focus on service-based industries that make house calls. This is what we do. Could we do something for the bakers and the popcorn companies? I, absolutely. But this is what we yeah. do. And I and that's how I would. You know, that's how I would uh would do it.
6: Yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, well, at least right now with the the content that I've already created, I'm trying to figure out what I can do with that. Because granted, I I took my I just kind of posted what I was you know kind of BTS on my own profile. I should have posted it on my on my business page, but that was whatever. I saved it so I can do that at another time. But the the main thing was just being able to. You know, what am I going to provide to him coming up? I'm going to tell you. I I mean, I I have everything, but I didn't know. I was like, "Mm, I know I need to get this, but am I going to just do it as a highlight or, oh, shoot. I I don't know.
2: (laughs) And that's, those are the questions I would have for the beta client. Because I'm going to ask, I want to know what he value. Do we value a marketing video? Do we value a recruiting video? Do we value referrals? Do we value customer testimonials? What? What what brings you the most money? I need to know that so I can charge you the most money. I don't want to I don't want to solve a $2 problem with a $20,000 solution. I want to know your $20,000 problem cuz I can solve it for 10,000. I don't want to know a $2 problem you got. Hmm. So so those are the questions I'm asking him. What's the most yeah. important thing? Are you having a problem? What are you having a problem with? What's what's on fire in your life? that I can put out. I don't want a nice to have. I don't want to, well, it'd be nice if I had footage. Of, nah, I don't want that. I want to know what's on fire right now. Yeah. Is it training people? Is it clients leaving testimonials? Is it, do, do you, are you saying I want more clients that got carpenter ant problems because we carpenter ants, we charge them. We make a lot of money off of them. They, we come out every month. They're big business. My problem is getting more carpenter at people. That's the problem I want to solve. And that's the only problem I want to solve right now. Because if you're saying that you make a lot of money off them and you need more, if I can solve that problem, you'll pay me a lot of money to solve that problem. People with roaches, you, you probably don't make a lot of money off roach cars. Right? It's cool. But I mean, this is me just, I'm asking these questions to know it, you know, if termites is where it's at and people don't yeah. spend a lot of money for termites because termites, will tear your house up and you can have a, you know what I'm saying? But if I understand that you as a, as a pesticide company want to go after like, man, I, it's hurting me that I don't do it. Cool. Let's focus on that and let's build around that. Cause if I can solve that problem, you telling me every termite customer paying five thousand a year? There's no way I can bring you five clients at twenty five thousand dollars a year, and I can't charge you ten. So, so I'm, I'm just reverse engineering that success by by understanding what they've what what are their pain points? Because their pain points are going to be tied to what they value. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can give you a Corvette, and you live in Alaska. You look at me like I'm crazy. It's free Corvette. I can't drive it. What, I'm gonna I'm drive it for three months out of the year don't put snow tires on it give me a truck you know you you're a glass of water in the middle of the ocean glass of salt water at that you, you know what I'm saying thinking that you're helping somebody or so it's just it's just about asking them about what they value I I challenge everybody here to ask yep. your beta client what what do they value what's on fire in your life right now we we all got ten dollar problems. And we all got $2,000 problems right now that somebody came to me with a $2,000 problem and they sold it to me for $1,000 to fix it. I may jump on it. I'm going to swipe my card. On the other hand, I don't want somebody convincing me that I need widgets and I need to spend $5,000 a month on a widget. What the hell is a widget? I don't, need... don't don't tell me about a problem I didn't know I have. Tell me about mm-hmm. something I know I got. You know what I'm saying? Help me overcome something I know I got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so those are the questions I'm asking a beta client. What are you having problems with? Even if you don't think video can solve it, let me figure that out. Yeah. What, what is your biggest problem in business right now? What do you wish you can do more of? Where do you want to be? Let me figure out how to get you there. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes they that could okay. be, I want a bigger staff. It may not be they want more clients. I can't handle the clients I got. I, I want a bigger staff. I want a way to collect money to for, with clients while I'm working. Cool. Let's create a video walking them through your, your your CRM so that they can go in and make payments. Let's create a video so we can set them up on a monthly payment. And they can do it from their end. And all you got to do is send a link. We got an explainer video walking them through setting up their account. Cool. Well, wow. Uh, 300% more people set up their account online this month over last month. That's 300% more money you're making per month coming in. So th- those are things that it, it just come from asking the beta client and getting just, you know, having a heart to heart and saying, how can I help you? What do you not even, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even always go in with the, how can I help you attitude? I go in with what's the, what problems are you having? What Cause I want to know what you value, right? I'm, I'm telling you there's $2 problems and $20,000 problems you better get to them $20,000 problems. If you want to sell $20,000 videos and and photography, you better find a $20,000 problem. Everybody got them. In your life right now, you got a $20,000 problem. Whether it's more room, more house, more car, you got a $20,000 problem right now. If somebody came in to solve that problem, for $10,000, you will find a way to get the money. $20,000 $20,000 problem could be a heart transplant. You're going to find a way to get the money. It can be whatever. You're going to find a way to get the money. Your car break down. you got to get to work. You're going to find a way to get the money. Now, businesses don't work like we work. They got money. They just going to solve it. So it's just, it's just thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? When you're working with beta clients, that's what I'm looking to discover. More than I, I don't even care. They're like, I want video for this. We would love to get pictures for that. I don't care. I care about your problems. I want to know. I don't want to know what's because you got to be careful because beta clients will get you, know that you're hungry, treat you like a starving artist and throw a bunch of nice to haves at you. It's nice to have. It would be nice to have a video on our website. He's here. He's doing it for free here. It would be nice to have stuff on our Twitter here. I don't care about that. I want to know what's on fire. I want to know about the biggest problems you have and let me figure out a way to solve those problems. Now you are very valuable. And when you walk in front of the next client and you say our client had this problem, do you have that problem? All them cats going to be like, "Yeah. This is how we solved it. We can do it for you. Sign up here. Let's go." Now you selling popcorn at the movie theater. You just getting bread. So uh, it's just a different way of thinking. I wouldn't have got there without reading books because I too was filming and then trying to think of what can I do with it instead of saying, what What do you, what's, what's on fire now? Now I got the emergency room approach and when my phone ring, somebody bleeding out, they need me sign this contract and I'm there. Pay your retainer. We'll save your life. So that's just what I'm on. But anyway, I don't keep y'all too long. I'm, I'm gonna let y'all chop it up. Uh, Victor, I'm handing it over to you. All right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the reins. And uh, we're gonna do this every week. Um, man, we got a lot of stuff coming. We ain't gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna punch y'all in the throat. I'm just gonna uppercut you. Up, up down, down, left, right, left, right, B A select, start. What game is that from? Who knows? Contra. Thank you. My man. That's my boy, DNC. Gotcha, bro. I got you. I seen I seen uh I seen Carlos uh fight a fight a drunk man in the alley with one hand and a cigar in his mouth after after a six hour domino game in Miami one time. we ain't gonna you know what I'm saying? Whooped the man so bad I almost had to jump in and help the man. That was bad with one hand. So, you know, Carlos is the man, DNC. He had a fan down in, in uh he had a he had fans in uh Las Vegas that was running up on him in uh chicken and waffle spots man we had to we had to play security so if you don't know who dnc is you better
8: you know what i'm saying <laughs> bro you know i talked to that guy the other day did you the the game i talked to him the other day bro we still laugh about it all the time man he, he probably
2: don't remember nothing do you remember he was gone like
8: a little bit he a was little wasted. bit i had to like remind him like uh bro he like now nah, like a quarter <laughs> good
2: time uh Next time we meet up, y'all, y'all don't want to miss it. We have a good time. Like, what's crazy is the chemistry that we have on here, it just, it bleeds over into real life. It's so much fun. So, yeah. So, I'm going to hand it over to Victor. Hey, um, big shout out to Marcus. Today's his birthday. That's why he's not here because he usually can't wait. So, if you can, if you, I may go in the community and make something for him. Just happy birthday. And anybody, you know, I'm going to start doing that. Catching y'all on y'all birthday and just, you know, wishing y'all happy birthday because we family here. But uh, be safe. I will see y'all next week for sure, and uh, have fun.
6: Oh, and, and uh, one thing about the whole about, about the free stuff. Um, my colleague works at uh, one of the news stations here. They were throw, they were they were upgrading systems, upgrading camera systems. They were throwing out like these the their broadcast cameras that, that, that they use in the field, just throwing them out and 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 he he contacted me like man should i grab one like uh yeah hurry up and go pick it up get up get as many of them as you need it's gonna be some old panasonic but yeah 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 i mean uh, they may be older but it doesn't matter it's still broadcast quality with everything built in you don't have to have nothing else and he he picked up one he got one that was the last one they had available i'm like
2: there used to be a site where the army would auction off all of their like Cause they do a three-year life cycle, and that's it. I gotta find Ooh. that website. So uh, you think about it. Three years ago, they and they don't buy FX threes. They buying C five hundreds Mark threes, twenty of them, Ooh. and then they're auctioning them bad boys off. They're auctioning, you know. So I gotta see if I can find that website because every base does it. Um, and you will get a three-year-old MacBook Pro, three-year-old Mac Tower. And it, it, three years tops, so I'll see if I can find it, um, and I'll I'll share it with you guys. Uh, I gotta call some people up because they, you know, but you could just auction and don't nobody be on there, man. I, I seen a MacBook Pro go for like two fifty, so Ooh. yeah, it was, yeah. So you know, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely see y'all next week, and y'all be safe.
1: All right, you've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.